Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, Mary McGregor finds a way to get the Dragons to have a go. Anthony Seabold employs Scotland Yard, and Mr. Queensland, Ben Dobbin, swings by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit to the Boys, live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, or one word. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at former underscore legend, or search the hashtag Send free Camagra. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts. He's a man who this week was one of the first to trial Russia's new coronavirus vaccine. He's rumoured to be the frill neck on the masked singer. And tonight he's wearing a Broncos jersey he found on the ground at the front of their headquarters. Welcome, Sid. Yes, well, hello, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, Russia. <laughs> he's doing great work, Vladimir. He gets a bad rap. We're massive in Russia. Listeners would know that. But uh, yes, my new favourite thing... Apparently everyone who that vaccine hasn't worked on has fallen out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> it's it side, it's no. side effects. There there's a little asterisk on the bottle. Side effects may include falling you don't out take windows. it, fall out a window. But my new favourite thing, former, is collecting Brisbane Broncos jerseys. <laughs> They're everywhere. Mate, you can pick them up for free on the front steps at Broncos HQ at Red Hill. They have uh, most sizes, but uh, getting quick <laughs> before the uh, club folds. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. First story comes from the Armadale Advertiser. It's a boomer outsmarts hackers with the claim, kiss your cash goodbye. Yeah, good on him. Uh, John Richards, the dick, uh, a 73-year-old former technician from North Yorkshire, was able to turn the tables on hackers attempting to steal thousands of pounds in a complicated PayPal scam. Instead of falling victim, Richards was able to take the money from the scammer (laughs) and refuses to give it back. Early in the morning on August 3, Richards received an unusual message from a Facebook friend um, which says, can you help me receive a payment for my camera if you know how to? In a copy of the Facebook messages shared with the Armadale advertiser, Richards agreed and thought nothing of it when the first payment of £690 came in. However, as four more payments for the same amount poured in, Richards started getting suspicious. All this for a camera? He asked his friend. I smell a bit of a rat. However, the scammer ignored the comments. The first problems for the scammer came when two of the five incoming payments were blocked by PayPal. But the three remaining payments of £690, totaling 2070 went through without a hitch, and Richards was able to transfer those to his own bank account. This is the dumbest scam ever. <laughs> well, when he tried to transfer the entire uh, sum to his friend, however, Metro Bank blocked it. My bank spotted the fraud and blocked the transfers I'd set up, returning the £2,070 to my account on Monday morning. That's when the scammer, pretending to be Richard's friend, started uh, becoming agitated, pressuring Richards to call the bank as soon as possible to get the release cleared. Can 
Unicorn Metro one more time to confirm it for me, please, the scammer asked. No point, Richard responded. <laughs> they just confirmed transfers made okay five minutes ago. The scammer wrote back with an offer. Just give them one ring for me just to make sure and then keep 50 pounds for yourself. However, Richards was unable to help. The scammer then came up with a bizarre proposal. Could you loan me a thousand pounds? If you have it spare, and in two hours, I'll sort it back with £200 on top of that for your help, mate. That's the, 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 all you've done. If um, I got this message from you on Facebook... I'm understandable. Not on, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, actually, if you were asking for money, I would think it's legit. <laughs> Carry on. It's been a bad week on the pun again. <laughs> um, Richard's replied, I've got to go to the loo. Phone me. I'm waiting on your confirmation. That confirmation never came. Then Richard's was certain that his friend had been hacked by a scammer. Uh, Richards wrote the final message before blocking him. Kiss goodbye to your cash. <laughs> now, what happens is it's a complicated scam, um, but a hacker gets into your friend's Facebook account. Mm-hmm. The hacker poses your friend, starts messaging you, asking for uh, asking for help. They've just sold something like a camera or a piano and are having problems with their PayPal. And they'll ask you if you can receive the money in your PayPal account. Uh, and then you transfer the money to their bank account. So many of my friends are always selling pianos. <laughs> so uh, so they wouldn't ring any alarm bells. Then you transfer the money into your PayPal, transfer it to their bank, and so it goes. Got it. Now, Just another reason spe- to get out of Facebook. You shouldn't lose money if it was legit, and the hacker will even offer you a small reward, like 10, uh-huh. 10 or 15 pounds for your troubles. The only problem is, in this uh, instance, PayPal can... Uh, can reverse the money that was sent to you even if it's been days after you received the payments on your PayPal. Well, this is a great win for the good guy. Good on him. I get so many scam emails. I think I made mention of it a couple of weeks ago. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I seem to get a whole bunch trying to sell me different types of Bitcoin. Now, whichever country this scam is coming out of, they just Google respected I'm using those air quote things. Trolley boys. Famous Australians. <laughs> and they tell you that they have their own kind of Bitcoin that the world is going crazy for. Now, here is a couple of examples. Dear Sid, everyone is going crazy for Tony Abbott Bitcoin. <laughs> Click here to get some. <laughs> Wouldn't think so. Here's another one. Everyone is going crazy for Russell Crowe Bitcoin. <laughs> everyone is going crazy for Koshi Bitcoin. <laughs> Not me. These are all I'm more le- a cash cow man. <laughs> these are all legit emails that I've received just last week. Uh, it doesn't look like these bitcoins are a good investment, though. I've lost a bit of money on them. <laughs> it may be a scam. Be careful out there, kids. Well, talking of old people uh, hacking the hackers. Yes, I've told you this story before, and I don't know if I've told it on the show, but I'll tell it again. So, a mate of mine used to live over on the north side of Sydney. He was renting a one-bedroom flat. Now, when I say one-bedroom flat, his bed was next to his toilet, essentially. <laughs> it was a cell. It was, uh, it was also, he, he, he moved over there because he thought it would look good on his, on his uh, license and that if he says it lives in Kirribilli. Oh, yeah. He didn't have many visitors over, if you know what I'm saying. One of those guys. So anyway, he lives over there. This he was, was you, wasn't it? This was, this is, <laughs> so he goes over there, he lives <laughs> over there, and um, every day he had to cap, catch a ferry over to Sydney. Yep. And which meant he had to drive from his apartment to the ferry. Uh, is that a station? Jetty? Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had to park. Now, there was a small car park that was run by the council. And there was an old bloke that worked up on there. He always used to wear a white coat. He had like a bookies bag. 
And it was, I think it was in them days, I think it was 20 bucks for the day to park there, which wasn't too bad, but uh-huh. it wasn't great either. Yep. But it was only a small park. It was pretty secure and it was right near the where the jetty docked. So um, this bloke parked there, I think it was four days a week he parked there and got got to be quite friendly with, um, I think, let's with old mate. for argument's sake, let's call him Ted. Hey, Ted, here you go. I'm good as gold. Hey, what are the kids up to? The whole thing. Mm-hmm. A couple of years had gone by and <clears throat> one day he gets up there on the Monday and Ted's not there. And there's a bunch of people there because usually you see the same people on the same boats. Um, and they're all like, oh, where's Ted? I don't yeah, know. Hopefully are Ted's we, all right. Are we allowed to park here? It's like, oh, I don't know. Yep. So a few of them parked there. A few of them thought, oh, this is too risky. I haven't got a ticket. Because he used to hand you out these. They were like a half ass raffle ticket. Yep. And you put them on the inside of your window. And that and you're good stop. to go. Yeah, it's good to go. So a couple of days go by, still no Ted. Mm-hmm. And the and the blokes are parking up there. And one of them says, Where, where's old Ted? You know, I'm a bit worried about this. He's an old fella. Well, he was. He Could was have about, fallen off his perch. He was about 65, I reckon, then. Yep. And he'd been there from from locals had told me that he'd been there for... Told my, my friend that he'd been there for 10 years. <laughs> yep. So... Um, so... so one of the blokes goes, well, I'm going to ring the council. Yep. Because I want to know, you know, I'm a bit worried about him. So he rings the council. He goes, listen, there's a car park up near this uh, jetty that's um, that we pay for the council. But the old bloke that mans it's not there. It hasn't been there for the last few few, few days. And the council said, no, that's not our car park. That's uh, That belongs to Tronga Zoo. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, we'll ring Tronga Zoo. So they ring Tronga Zoo and they said, hey, this car park you've got down here near the jetty, um, where's Ted? Where's Ted? Ted's We're worried about him. They said, that's not ours, that's the council. Ah. After a little bit more investigation, turns out Ted's been scamming everyone for 10 <laughs> years. <laughs> now, this car park could fit... 20 bucks a pop. 20 bucks. I reckon it fit 25 cars. Yeah. So he was on about 1,000 a day. Mad. <laughs> for the best part of 10 years. <laughs> Let's say Ted's gone, well, I'm off to Fiji. See you yeah, later. see ya. <laughs> what a legend. story comes from the Mount Druitt Mercury, and it's uh, Vic Bitter launches fragrance called Thirst. Uh, in the ultimate of COVID uh, pivots, Victoria Bitter is launching its own fragrance, and no, it doesn't smell like beer, despite hops being on the ingredients list. This is what all businesses have to do in these That's uh, right. Rona times. I would have thought they'd make hand sanitizer, but no, nah, bugger it. You've got to pivot and uh, make everyone smell like VB. Uh, brewers from VB, one of Australia's biggest selling beers, have, earned, uh, have teamed up with Australian perfumers to create a scent with woody notes called Thirst. What started out as an idea late last year snowboarded into a partnership that will see 15,000 perfumed unit bottled into miniature Victoria Bitter stubbies and sold nationally. See, when they say it was an idea come up with late last year, I reckon it was also late at night. (laughs) Over a few. (laughs) Over Uh, a couple. uh, We linked our brewers up with the perfumers from Chemist Warehouse. I'm not a chemist, but it's a big... Oh, Braithen Asimus wrote this. I'm not a chemist, <laughs> but it's a big, bold scent that combines perfume oil with the essence of our super pride hops that we use to make VB. Uh, Victoria Bitter Marketing Director Hayden Turner said... Smells... That sounds like it would smell delicious. Mr. Turner denied that they were initially going to take on Shane Warne's new fragrance, S23, by calling their new scent 
fat warning. Uh, <laughs> I know at first it sounds odd, but VB is one of those brands that people really love. VB has always been about hard work and working up a sweat, and now we can solve both your thirst and your odour all at once. Uh, it enhances that perfect knockoff moment, a spray of thirst, followed by an icy cold VB with your mates. We wanted to honour that moment with a fragrance that every hard-working VB-drinking Aussie man would be proud of. Now, Tui's are set to release their own scent to take on the VB uh, scent uh-huh. with Grog Bog set to hit the shelves of Chemist Warehouse around the country in September. I'm having a Tui's right now. Now, There's a scoop for everyone. Sydney, <laughs> Sydney Roosters player James Tedesco said, my first impressions are that it actually smells great. It's a little bit different to what you might expect when you see it's VB who are releasing the fragrance, but I like the packaging in a VB stubby. That's a nice touch. I think it's a good thing for VB and a lot of fun right now, added Queensland Origin player and St. George Illawarra halfback, 5'8", fullback hooker and bench player Ben Hunt, <laughs> who said of Thirst, it's quite surprising actually. I didn't really know what to expect, much like my kicking game. Uh, it's... <laughs> It smells quite nice, and I reckon you'd be quite happy to wear that around. It might even be replacing a few fragrances in my cupboard at home. Like or, Sex Panther. Already I've got rid of all the cans of Glen 20, so I can stock up <laughs> on VB Thirst. Uh, I never thought in my career, said Ben Hunt, I'd be modelling the face of a fragrance, particularly after I dropped that ball in the 2015 Grand Final and my subsequent years in the Dragons Jumper. I was surprised <laughs> I got the call-up, but I'm pretty excited about it. Now... The entry yeah, everyone the, still remembers that. The Just entry, let it go. The entry into the world of colognes by VB has prompted uh, several other well-known Australian brands to create their own special scents. Now, first cab off the rank was Vegemite, who released a scent mainly for men. Company spokesman uh, Con Crete said, it's mainly aimed at men because... Much like a couple of former legends ex-girlfriends, it'll, it's a little bit too yeasty for the female market. <laughs> oh, right, eh? <laughs> now, speaking, speaking of cabs, Sydney Silvertop Cabs are also set to release a client that they hope captures the musky scent from a beaded seat cover on a humid Sydney summer's <laughs> afternoon. Oh, imagine that smell. And finally, Bunnings are also set to release a unisex cologne called Karen that they hope will be so strong you'll have to wear a face mask whenever someone has it on around you. And finally, John West have announced that they can't see themselves entering the market anytime soon. <laughs> it was actually pretty funny at the launch this week. A lot of the NRL players tried out this man perfume and did give it the thumbs up. They gave a man fume. They gave a uh, sample bottle to Curtis Scott at the Raiders, who drank it. He, <laughs> said, he said it was good as well, and it didn't sting his eyes like capsicum spray. <laughs> but much like uh, Triple M and Fox. VB have stolen a full credit to the boys' idea. This was from an episode we did back in 2017, former, where we we released our own fragrances. And they went on to sell quite a lot. They did. We might bring them back. Yeah, we should. Here, Here is our ad back in 2017. For both the fragrances. Sometimes I want to feel powerful. Sometimes I want to feel fun. Sometimes I want to feel alive, but when I want to feel all of those, I wear former by Sid Puts, a fragrance for men who want power, performance, and AVOs. Available at Chemist Warehouse or direct from the Stats Lab. New former by Sid Puts. Feel alive. Wow, what's that cologne you're wearing? Is the nouveau fragrance Sid? by former legend a musky cologne with hints of Winfield Blue overtones of urinal kink 
and a faint smell of regret. You sit by former legend, smell like a truck driver in summer with no air conditioning during a heat wave and the heater is stuck on and the windows won't wind down. Sit by former legend, available now. The next story comes from the Tarkata Telegraph. Tar- Where's Tarkata? It's down on, uh, towards the Victorian border. Okay. Every time I drive past there, I just <laughs> drive through there, I just go, Tarkata, piss cutter. Um, <laughs> Victoria, man fined for leaving home to escape hearing his housemate have sex. A man who left his home in Melbourne's northwest to escape his housemate's loud sex noises is among 202 fines police have issued in the past 24 hours. Police said the man was found sitting in his car in Maribyrnong Park, uh, more than five kilometres from his address on Sunday evening. When asked by, Jeez, how loud were they? He had to go five <laughs> kilometres away. When asked by officers for the reason to breach the strict lockdown restrictions, he said his housemate's intimate partner was over and the couple were being too loud in the bedroom, so he left to get some peace and quiet. Surely, said you just knock on the bedroom and uh, ask whether you could... Uh... Anyway, um, there were 33 people fined for failing to wear a mask when leaving home. Eight at vehicle checkpoints with 70 issued for curfew breaches. Police also attended a residence in Melbourne's CBD where a man claimed he was there to practice becoming a DJ and also a bisexual. Um, <laughs> when questioned as to why he was at that address, three people were also fined yesterday after video emerged of them filming themselves breaching curfew at about 2.30am on Sunday to get takeaway food from a fast food restaurant in the CBD. That was a good idea, well, imagine with hindsight. Fil- filming yourself during uh, uh, breaking the law, I mean... That's as stupid as ringing the cops after you got home from drink driving. Exactly. Um, multiple people were also caught uh, going to convenience stores in metropolitan Melbourne to purchase food, cigarettes or milk outside of curfew hours. A woman and a man in Meadow Heights also claimed they were going to get a drink when spotted by police walking towards the shops after curfew. Look, we've all got to take this Rona seriously, especially you, Victoria. <laughs> but uh, going to the shop for durries and getting DJ lessons are legit reasons for breaking curfew, I think. I don't care if we end up having a DJ cluster in Victoria (laughs) where teens doing bad remixes on the decks they got from cash converters get the Rona. If anything, that would be good for everyone. And just a huge increase or an influx in bisexuals. Round 14 review and we began on Thursday night when the Storm were too good for the Roosters, winning 24 points to six. Now, more ways than one, it was a horror night for the Roosters who went down to an understrength but sharp-looking Storm side by 18 points. Despite all the money being for the Roosters before the game um, to overwhelm the visitors, particularly on the wide-open plains of the SCG, it was the Mooloolabar Storm who dominated from the outset, leading 14-0 at the break and going on with it in the second half to secure their 12th win of the year. Yeah, they look out on their feet, the Roosters. Plenty of injuries. Their casualty ward featured eight players leading into this game and they lost three more out of this one. They were totally outplayed by the Storm. The Roosters only getting on the scoreboard in the 64th minute, I think. Mm. They do have Sonny Bill Williams to come into the team, but when asked during the week when he will play, Sonny Bill didn't install much confidence in Roosters fans <laughs> saying, I haven't run for three weeks. I haven't played for six months. 
and I'm coming off surgery. <laughs> How much do they spend on this guy? 120. Troubling times for the Roosters who they still sit in fourth place but are now four points adrift of Parramatta and equal on points with the Raiders. Mm. Uh, well, a lot of question marks. Yeah, Can I, I put it that way? I want to bring that up at the end of this. Okay. The game finished at four tries to one, or if you want to look at it another way, the Storm finished with four players on their bench and yeah. the Roosters finished with just one. Absolutely. Um, they had injuries uh, to Lachlan Lamb, who had a syndesmosis. Uh, back rower Mitch Orbison carried the... Uh, uh, Sid Punt's fucking mock. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he? He broke his wrist. He'll be fine. In the first half. Then star playmaker Luke Keery was out in the, with his ribs in the second. Now, Orbison needed one more game to equal the Roosters' all-time <laughs> appearance record Here as exclusively go. predicted by Sid Punt. Here Punts. we go. But sadly, early reports are that his career could even well be over. No. Um, and there are also heavy doubts on whether Luke Keery will play again in 2020 with a broken rib. The Storm didn't escape injuries either with winger Suliasu Vunavalu suffering a suspected broken jaw and Jerome Hughes likely to miss a week with a groin injury. Now, after the game, both Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson said that the high injury toll in NRL at the moment is due to the six-a-game rule and the overall speeding up of the game. Yeah, look, I did put the mock on Orbison (laughs) saying last week that he should claim the all-time playing record for the Roosters this year. His injury has now been reported as not as bad as first thought and he should be back before the last round of the regular season. Good. But it's an interesting thought from Bellamy that perhaps the six-again rule has had a negative effect on injuries. They discussed this at length on Triple M on the weekend and it's hard to know whether the injuries are as a result of the six-again rule or a consequence of teams having to travel to and from games on the same day due to the Rona. Either way... What about having eight weeks off in the middle of the season without any training? Exactly. Another thing that we, we... We don't know the answer to this. But either way, it doesn't matter. The six again rule is here to stay. It's great. It makes footy a game of attrition... One thing I won't this cop. This is just going to be a consequence, I think. One thing I won't cop is after the game, uh, both both these guys, uh, both um, Robinson and Bellamy came out and said this, and mm-hmm. immediately social media went into overdrive saying, oh, they just want the wrestle back. Last time I checked, <laughs> they're running one and four. I don't think that they really care about the wrestle. They don't need yeah. the wrestle back. to. They to are get... blowing up about this rule that has <laughs> Im- impacted them. So yeah. greatly. They've lost two games all year, the Storm. I'm pretty sure Bellamy has adjusted to the rule as yeah. far as tactics are concerned. Exactly like we said they would. Yeah, So I, and, and same with Robinson. I think but Robinson I, but is, I do think it is an interesting point. It's a point. Yeah. It's a point that we can't prove because, as I said, having eight weeks off in the middle of the year and not being able to go outside for some in some cases yes. and train properly and have that impact and then coming straight back into full-time footy Yes. And the travel and everything else may well be the reason. It could just be a bad year. We do have we have had bad years. In the it past. has been a pretty bad year. Yeah, it has. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, no. As far as <laughs> as far as injuries are concerned, it's been a shithouse year. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, but there, um, there's a lot of factors involved. Puppy on New Guinea centre, Justin Olin was simply outstanding in this one, Sid. Uh, for the storm, according to Fulker at the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, head stomping Steve and his therapeutic brother, head massaging Mike. Um, Playing inside his doppelganger, Josh Adakar. 
Olam scored two tries to go with 17 tackles, 127 running metres, pretty good for a centre, um, a line break and four tackle busts. Yeah, you say doppelganger, but uh, they look nothing alike. Jeez, the haircut's going good. Every time they pick the ball up, I'm thinking, which one's that? Which one's that? Yeah, well, it's probably a bit of racism on your behalf. I wouldn't eh? think so. <laughs> but what a duo for the Storm. No Smith, no Munster, no worries for the Storm. Olam was great in this one. So too were Fanukin and Bromwich. Fanukin looks like out he's going to be yeah. out. Uh, but they were just way too good for the Roosters, beating them at their previous fortress at the SCG. But this keeps the Storm in the hunt for the minor premiership. And the JJ Volandi Shield, <laughs> not sure anyone noticed, but that's something else Ned has changed this year. Just before we go on to the next game, the Storm just remarkable. Like, yeah. they've lost two games this year. I know, right? It's unbelievable. And they've had their fair share of injuries too. They, they Everybody has injuries. They've moved to Queensland. They've got their two home. best players out. They're, and they're, they, they toppled the Roosters. It is unbelievable. Friday night, we began with the Warriors giving the uh, Panthers a bit of a scare before going down 18 points to 12. The Panthers have set a club record with their ninth straight win with a tough display against the brave Terrigal Warriors. It was a business-like three tries to two display from the men from the foot of the mountains who defended a halftime lead of 16-0, kicking a lone penalty goal in the second half to lock up the win. This was a game of two halves. The Panthers shot out to a 16-0 lead through some great attacking play, it must be said, from Cleary and Coruscant, and they kept that lead at halftime. Then the second half saw the Warriors fight back to 16-12. There were disallowed tries, a massive hit from Harris to Vita. There were intercepts, and the Warriors fought hard in this one. But the Panthers, they just keep winning. Mm. Nine in a row, and the club has advised me that they are now using my victory song <laughs> at the foot of the mountains. Here it is again for those that uh, have forgotten. That'll do. Isn't um, it great? It's inspiring the boys, so that's well, good. Well, the uh, Panthers set a club record on Friday. This, guy, this game will be remembered for some of the wrong reasons, as Penrith winger Brett Naden exposed what are essentially human turds uh, yep. after he was subjected to racial abuse from members of the Central Coast crowd. Eight males were ejected by New South Wales police from the ground after Naden raised an official complaint about the abuse during the game. Naden, who was proudly Indigenous, uh, scored his team's opening try in the 10th minute before hooker uh, Api Korosau used the momentum to slip through the defence and push the lead to 10-0. NRL acting CEO Andrew Abdo said the governing body took the uh, matter extremely seriously. Racism and vilification will not be tolerated in our game. I'm glad he said that. Um, We will work closely with the New South Wales Police, with the stadium authorities and the clubs to determine the facts and take decisive action against anyone guilty of racial abuse. This is absolutely disgusting. If true, the numpties that have been accused of racially abusing Naden have been very active on social media. I'm not sure if you've seen this. I, I, you know what? I've got to be honest. After I heard this, I was just like, for fuck's sake, 2020 for God's exactly. sake. Exactly. And and then I've heard about private messages on on Instagram or somewhere, and, and I don't know whether you were about to cover off on that as well. I am. 
Mate, it just tires me. And These I just, guys. Go, were, go, go and get a Collingwood membership and piss off the <laughs> AFL. There was eight of them and uh, they put out videos on social media defending themselves, saying they themselves are Islanders and Indigenous. There was a lot of accusations going back and forth, but it beggars belief, as you said, in 2020 that fans would be racially abusing players. It is absolutely disgusting. And if proven, I'm not here to determine whether it happened or not, nobody would be concerned seeing the back of these types of fans. Yeah. Uh, like They're not fans he, of the game. Here's a it's tip. a disgrace. Here's a tip for people who go to the footy and like to yell out and carry on. No one cares what you've got to say, and no one's there to hear what you've got to say. Wait a minute, so wait a shut minute. shut up. If you pay your admission price for your ticket, you have every right to scream abuse. Yeah, sure, whatever. Why don't you, but when you, you why make don't you, it racial or sexual or whatever, there's a line, people. If you're willing to do that, duck down to training during the week and have another crack from the side. I have got no problem with West Tigers fans paying their ticket when we play Panthers and hurling abuse at Ivan Cleary. No, as long as it doesn't talk about his family, his race. No, I totally agree Ethics I've got no dramas with. Um, <laughs> also out of this game was the apparent bursting of the COVID bubble by Brett Finch. Remember him? Yes. Um, who sat in the Warriors coach's box, along- He's a mate of box mine. alongside Todd Payton. Finch has been in the Warriors bubble for a week in an advisory role, but an appearance on a podcast the day before the match was has raised eyebrows. The former Blues halfback ironically appeared on the you know the rules podcast. <laughs> Apparently you don't. Uh, which uploaded photos of him on Instagram on Thursday night. The photo show Finch drinking, smoking, and kissing a friend on the cheek a day before sitting in the Warriors coaching box. They're the photos that they could post to social media. <laughs> As a result, Finch has been isolated from the Warriors while the NRL looks into the matter. Look, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. Uh, no virus could survive in Finch's system. <laughs> he has now been cleared. He's He does not have the Rona. But it is dead set dumb stuff from him. The rules are the rules. Mm. And it is ridiculous that people, players of the NRL, I know the NRL is held to a higher standard, but they're the rules. I don't understand these breaches. I don't understand it either. If you've got to ask, can we do that? Just say, just imagine no. Just say, oh, no, you probably can't. Default, no. Uh, The second game on Friday saw the Dragons beat the Eels. That's right. The Dragons beat the Eels. 14 points to 12. Well, the Dragons outdragged themselves in a gutsy <laughs> display to mark outgoing coach Mary McGregor's final game as head coach of the Red V, beating highly fancied Parramatta in an absolute dogfight. Uh, the game finished two tries all, but the Dragons were fi- by far the better team yes. on the night, hanging tough for long periods in defence and chanced their arm a number of times in attack. Uh, the Dragons scored their first try from a kick, which must have really annoyed Mary, who spent the entire game watching from the sideline. At full time, McGregor was embraced by a number of his players, not you, Tyson Frizzell, as the players celebrated their first win in a month. This was a fantastic win for the Mighty Dragons, a game that the Eels were supposed to win. Mm. Everyone thought that would happen. After the game, a lot of St. George players said, they put in for Mary in his last game. Probably something they should have done What does earlier. it mean, Sid? What does it mean? What a, what a ridiculous thing to say. Like, if he, if they go out and win, which they did, what does it say about the uh, players? I know, man. And, I know. And if they lose, like, uh, oh, uh, wow. It was ridiculous. But it was fantastic scenes on the sideline 
where McGregor was coaching on the sideline for the first time in his career. Maybe that was the key the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing you should have been doing, Mary. Don't. <laughs> but he actually wanted to soak it all up and the, the Dragons players didn't let him down in this one. We have been very critical, especially me, of Mary. But uh, it was great to see. He said that his father is unwell and he can now spend time with him Good. outside Good. of this NRL bubble, which is fantastic. Cam McGuinness was very complimentary of Mary after the game, embracing him. There's footage of it in the sheds. He was in tears and gave him his jersey at the end of the game, which Mary said meant a whole bunch to him. It was no, – I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the punchline. No, there is no punchline. It was actually fantastic. And it was a great game for St. George fans, knocking off the high-flying eels. But again, where has this been? Well, as we mentioned last week, um, despite winning over the past month, Parramatta's form has been unconvincing as they were pushed by the Dogs, the Sharks and the Tigers. And that was summed up in the first half. The Eels had 54% of possession, 58% of the territory. And let's not forget, they were playing a team who were in ordinary form themselves. Yet by halftime, they were down 10 points to six. This is a late... First half try. Put the Dragons in front. Now, there's no need to write the Eels off. We're not saying that here. Um, despite the masses of fans on Twitter carrying on like they just secured the spoon. I mean, yeah. Parramatta fans, talk about fickle. Yeah. But at the same time, punters might want to beware when dealing with Parramatta, especially over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you keep saying this. Uh, I don't think it's panic stations no, no, yet I'm not saying that. for the Eels. But if you're betting in a Parramatta game, best of luck. Well, the Parramatta Eels will win the comp. You, <laughs> to win a comp, you have to have a good run with injuries. You have to have a bit of luck and you've got to win the games. And a good halfback there, I reckon. You've got to win the games that you sometimes don't deserve to win. They have looked vulnerable in the past month. I, I can't deny that, Parramatta. But they are still in third position, four points ahead of the Roosters and the Raiders. They meet the Storm. Rabbits, Warriors, and Panthers in the next month, they'll be right. <laughs> they'll still finish top four. Okay. Um, I'm backing them in, bro. It was a case of Fiji and Flyer, trademark, versus Fiji and Flyer, trademark, in this game, which saw Fulker at the Boys Industries absolutely clean up with a number of copyright breaches from both absolutely. Channel 9. We made a fortune out Channel of this Channel 9 game. and Fox. We registered Fiji and Flyer, trademark, as a trademark last week. But despite the two Fijian Flyers, trademark, uh, marking up on each other, it was a clear points victory um, to Michaeli Ravalawa yes. over Mika Sivo. Sivo, once he improved, he's no mud runner, Sid, struggling to hold his feet and also making a couple of poor defensive reads, especially when he shot out of the line to give Ravalawa his second try of the game. Sivo also dropped the ball as he was trying to put it down for a try in the first half, mm -hmm. topping off a bit of a bad night for the Fijian Flyer, trademark. No doubt. <laughs> Sivo is uh, hanging out for some dry track running or even a drought. Yeah, Sivo is dead set no good in the wet. No. He's no good. No, he's not a mud runner. Teams should be watering the sidelines <laughs> when they play Parramatta <laughs> to nullify Sivo. But this game, as you said, was Fijian Flyer trademark versus Fijian Flyer trademark. A trademark that full credit to the boys trademarked <laughs> two weeks ago. And Michael Ennis will be getting a bill. A Yes, a letter and a nasty bill from our lawyers, Braden Hamlin Uali, <laughs> for this breach. I thought we went with uh, Regan Campbell and Gillard. Uh, whoever we get the best deal. But this is Mick Ennis 
breaching our trademark. There's a big collision. It was a big collision. And the two Fijian flyers going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Trademark. Pay up, Mick. <laughs> uh, Saturday. And the first game on Saturday afternoon saw the Sharks... Well, they accounted for the Titans 30 points to 18. It was a high-scoring high and entertaining contest, and the Sharks keep rolling on with a solid five tries to three win against a Titans side who again prove they are turning the corner of being the competition's easy beats. Yeah, I think that's true. It was the Sharks' eighth win of the year and sees them sneak further up the ladder and knocking on the door of the top four, possibly. Meanwhile, the Titans remain planted in the bottom four of the ladder, but the best of the Queensland sides, which <laughs> yeah. is like saying you're the cleanest of your dirty shirts. <laughs> you and I tipped the Sharkies. With not a lot of confidence. We looked at the draw and we thought, we'll back the Sharkies in for a top eight spot a number of weeks ago. Mm. But they were made to work for this win by an improving Titans team. At halftime, it was 12-all and the Titans were well in this game. But three tries in 18 minutes from the Sharks broke the Titans. It was a good win for the Sharkies that sees them sit in seventh place. But more importantly... Four points ahead of the ninth place Tigers. It's going to be tough for the Tigers to get over. Gold Coast captain Kevin the Doctor Proctor is facing the possibility of his 250th NRL game could be his last as he awaits punishment uh, for a biting incident which saw him sent off at Cogra on Saturday. It won't be his last. He's off contract. No, you'll be in Tigers, Tigers will pay 800 grand a year. He's off contract with Gold Coast and at 31 years of age faces the prospect of not having an NRL deal beyond this season. He'd be a good buy for the Tigers. The doctor was accused of biting the arm of Sharks opponent and fellow Kiwi, Sean Johnson, midway through the second half and was sent off by another Kiwi, Kiwi referee Henry Peroneum. He's the first player to be sent off for biting ever, Sid. I know. I don't know why surprising. he was sent off. Sean Johnson. He was just tasting him. He wasn't even biting him. Exactly. And who doesn't want to take a little taste of <laughs> a little Sean nibble. Johnson? Sean Johnson even backtracked over the accusation on the field when the ref asked him, Henry Perineum, Proctor is denying it. When the ref said to Johnson, you're getting the penalty, Johnson replied, I don't even want the penalty. <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre scenes, my friend. Proctor said he couldn't breathe when Johnson's arm was across his across his face as he has a sinus problem. That's even funny in itself. But, <laughs> but performance and culture guru at the Titans. I believe he cleared the sinuses in Canberra one time. <laughs> I wasn't going to elaborate, <laughs> but uh, performance and culture guru at the Titans. You would have thought that cold Canberra air would play up with your sinuses, but apparently not. Clears it right out. Are you going to let me finish? <laughs> Performance and culture guy, smell my finger, up at the Titans, has defended Proctor saying... Oh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> he was fighting for his life. <laughs> this is what the Anzacs fought for. Oh, my God. Uh, in a but apparently, by all accounts, he's going to get off. Well, that's good. And We're recording this before we can check the judiciary. <laughs> Let's yeah, that's see right. what happens. In a beaten side, Gold Coast centre Brian Kelly was still electric in this one, according to Full Credit Boys Backyard Stats Lab, baseball bat Barry, and his Chinese cousin, Wuhan bat Bing. Uh, Kelly was hard to handle with the ball, and he finished with 102 super point. Fuck it, who cares about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fell into that. Yeah, uh, 102 super coach points. 13, should have made him captain. Should have. 13 tackles. 
156 running metres, 72 of those post-contact, two line breaks and eight tackle busts. Look, he's a good footy player, Kelly. He is an anti-vaxxer <laughs> and a good friend of Bryce Cartwright, but you can't have everything. <laughs> but he had a cracking game in this one. Um, the second game on Saturday saw the Cowboys, well, they just found a way to lose, going down 31 points to 30 against Imagine the Imagine scoring 30 points and still losing. I've dead set watched this game <laughs> twice, and I, I, I'm at a loss as to how the Rabbitohs secured the two points. They were down by, Bizarre s- down by six with five to go. They scored a try out wide, but the conversion went uh, from Adam Reynolds went wide, which, you know, you think, well, that's it then. They're down by two points. They got the ball back. They advanced upfield, and the Cowboys did the right thing and gave a penalty away at the exact spot that Reynolds missed his last <laughs> kick from. You're not going to kick it from there. The ch- <laughs> if we're going to give away a penalty, it's just there. We know he can't <laughs> kick from there. Where that old man of sand is. Well, it used to be anyway. Um, the champion halfback slotted his second uh Second to go at it to get tied up. Yep. The Rabbitohs then got the ball back again, <laughs> went up the field again. This time the Cowboys handled handled field possession over. When they went for a one-on-one strip that went for 30 metres, <laughs> they kept <laughs> second player kept dropping off. Uh-huh. The other bloke would try and grab the ball, and the other bloke, oh, shit. you got to give it a go for me. you got to give it a go. And they gave Reynolds a simple 79th-minute field goal. It truly was a lesson in how to lose a footy game. Yeah, it was an incredible finish to the game. The lead changed five times during this game as the Cowboys fought all the way to the end, but the Bunnies somehow snatched the two points through an Adam Reynolds field goal. And it wasn't the only good thing that Reynolds did in this game. He scored an awesome try, backing himself from about 15 metres out with a chip and chase. I don't want to sound, make the sound wrong. Okay. Did you forget how good Adam Reynolds is? Like, well, he, exactly. He is, he is class, isn't he? He dead set backed himself 15 metres out, this is something that we're seeing more and more from the talented players. And I pointed out that Mitch Moses did it and everyone's like, are you taking the piss? <laughs> no, I'm not taking the piss. It's something we're seeing more and more this season. Blokes that have the talent to do that and taking a chance. Mm. I love seeing it. But it was his cool head at the end, Reynolds, slotting the penalty goal to tie it up with two to go from the spot that he missed Previously, unbelievable, and then he the kicked kick the, was still sitting there. Then he kicked the field goal in the last seconds. That victory keeps them alive for a shot at the eight, four points ahead of the Tigers. If they dropped that game, they could have been looking over their shoulder. Well done. By his own admission, Michael Morgan was terrible last week in his return game to the NRL. But fast forward seven days, and the Cowboys captain <laughs> turned it all around with a great display, according to full crew at the boys' backyard stats lab. Jailbird Barry and his high fibre diet brother, Soft Turd Terry. Uh, he scored two tries, which I reckon is the first time he's done that in a long time, uh, to go with 14 tackles, 81 running metres, not bad for a 5'8, two line yes. breaks, and seven tackle busts. 98 super coach points that you forgot to mention. He had a good game after admitting that he had a shocker last week. He blamed it on his new kid, whatever. <laughs> but what about the try from Hamiso to buy? Fido, I'm not sure how, that's pretty how you sure it's not that. how you pronounce that. But uh, everyone calls him the Hammer <laughs> in the 30th minute. What would Aaron Mullen call him? <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> the Hammers try in the 30th minute to put the cows up 12-6 was a great attacking kick on their own 25 metre line from Drinkwater that saw the Hammer take the ball on the full and then run 45, uh, 65, uh, my maths isn't good, 55 metres. 135, I think. He is so quick. Replays had to check whether he was onside, and he absolutely was. 
He burned the south winger Jackson Paulo, and oh, here it is. He ran fifty-five meters to score. <laughs> An amazing try. That was a cracking try. Uh, I love seeing teams attack in their own fifty and do something like that. Well, we're talking about players who had a good game for the Cowboys. Let's not forget Cowboys winger Kyle Felt, who had an absolute horror night, and it proved very costly for the North Queensland team. He missed four conversions and gave away the crucial penalty with a strip, a boneheaded strip (laughs) that allowed Reynolds to level the game up. He also had two errors and made four tackles with one missed tackle. I was critical of Felt last week, and uh, he didn't have the best game here either, let's be honest. It was six tries to five in favour of the Cowboys. But as you said, felt missed four conversions. Mm. But this was a very entertaining game of football. It was a good some game. great tries. Cowboys are in some trouble, but it was drama right up to the last whistle. But yeah, they're no good. Um, speaking of trouble, the Raiders were too good for the Broncos, winning thirty-six points to eight at half time. It was 8-6 in favour of the Broncos, yet by full time, the Raiders had gone on a try-scoring blitz, putting on 30 unanswered points in an absolute embarrassing half of footy for the Brisbane team. The Raiders turned up the wick as the Broncos waved the white flag, watching Canberra score five tries in 20 minutes and put the game to bed. Yeah, another game of two halves. Six minutes in, the Broncos scored a great try to Jesse Uncle Arthur's <laughs> after Katoni Staggs. He showed some good footwork and put a kick through for a cracking start to the game. They attacked from their own 40-meter line. I love seeing that to put that one on. The Raiders hit back with an easy try, a very easy try to Rapana. But the Broncos hung in there and scored just before the break with a lucky try to one of my favorite players, Herbie Farnsworth. Mm. <sighs> But as you say, the Broncos, you they, really led, you... they led 8-6 at the break. After a Zoom conference meeting with their coach, <laughs> Seabom, they only fielded nine players, I think, after the break because there were gaps all over the field. The Raiders piled on 30 unanswered points. You've got to feel sorry for the um, dressing room steward at halftime. You had to go in and go, guys, you coming out for the second half? They went, what? Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, we, <laughs> we put won. in our best. That was pretty good. Let's go through the Broncos. Well, some more stats from this year. This Do we year, have to? Yeah. Well, some of these make for interesting reading. Okay. This year, the Broncos have had seven losses where more than 30 points have been put on them. Yeah, Tigers did it. So far, they've lost 11 games. The most games they've lost in one season in their entire club history is 13. Wow. In 2019, 2010. There's six rounds to go. The problem is with all that, their odds on to break new records this year, despite the season being shortened to 20 games. Yeah, that's true. So they're going to break it <laughs> with a leg in the air, basically. Um, this is the sixth game on the trot. They haven't been able to score a point in the final 20 minutes of the game. But the most damning stat for the Broncos is that they are on Channel 9 for five of the next six rounds. Yeah, who decided that? Um, they haven't been able to score a point in the final 20 minutes of the game for six games in a row mm. in this game. They went scoreless for 44 minutes. They are a dead set rabble. Uh, there's not much more that I can say about them. The only thing I, is, is that every week there's some new stat where you go, holy shit. Yeah, or or a new drama. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah, I've that, We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I've got no inside knowledge about what's happening up there. But well, you don't mind recirculating bloody WhatsApp messages. <laughs> For a bloke who doesn't know much. Well, I, thought your I, mate was, I thought your mate was a friend with someone from the NRMA or something. Mate, I've got so many of those messages. <laughs> but 
How about later on in the show we speak to Dobbo, who is in the know, and ask him what the hell is happening up there? Because it's it's an absolute shit show. Let's look at the Raiders and another of the Raiders' English imports, George Williams, has started to return to some good form in the past weeks and his second half in particular in this game was nothing short of sublime. He scored a try and played a hand in three more for teammates Jordan Rapana, Nick Kotrick, the man who loves a challenge, before the Raiders' <laughs> playmaker linked with England teammate and departing John Bateman. Yeah, it was a good win for the Raiders. They're, even though they smashed them, for and against is not going to be a factor for the Raiders as to whether they make the top four or not. They are equal on points with the Roosters, but they are minus 101 points mm. on the four, against, four and against column against the Roosters. So the Raiders just have to keep winning to make the top four. They probably have a better draw than the Roosters, but it will all come down to the game in three weeks where the Roosters face the Raiders. I think um, Girdler raised something about um, the Roosters, Fulker, the boys' very own, Ryan Girdler raised something yes. about the um, Roosters. or He put it to the to the rest of the blokes on Triple M, and it's an interesting thought. Do Does Trent Robinson bring a couple of blokes back, get Sonny Bill going, and try and make the top four? Or does he just go, look, we're going to run the bottom four. We're going to have to win four games in a row, but we're good enough to do that. And just make sure everyone's right by semifinals. Well, that's if I was Trent Robinson, because they they can win to, they can win four in a row. If I was Trent Robinson, I would be playing Sonny Bill this week because they're playing the Tigers, and we can play him into form. teams and players <laughs> into form. But it seems like he's going to hold him off till the week before the Raiders game. I don't know. Trent Robinson knows how to win a comp, so it's just I'm a, not going to speculate. Thought, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I just think I, in my mind, I'd be like, you know what? If we run fifth, sixth, whatever, but we'll yeah, win the first, to, we'll win win the first week of the semis when we play seven or eight. Yeah. And then well, the, it, the, yeah. Team, the team that runs in the top half that loses their first game would be going, oh, shit, we've got to play, we've the, got Roosters. To play the Roosters. And that, that's what people have been saying compared to how the Roosters, because remember before COVID hit, they were the Roosters were resting players thinking this is going to be a long season. Mm. And then it kind of bit them in the ass. Because it's a shortened season with a break a in between. I mean, Boyd Corden is still out anyway. I know. But now they're fighting injuries. But what people are saying is the Panthers came out of COVID and have just gone hell for leather. Mm. What's going to be the best policy? Uh, are the Panthers going to now, towards the end of the season, I think get got some it. injuries? No, what, or are what, they going to hit some uh, what form I've, patch? Who... Is better at weighing it up. This is a crazy season. What I think we the, won't know until the end. I don't think. What I think the Panthers need to do, and Ivan Cleary did ring me this week and ask, and I, I gave him. This did he opinion. ring you to say tell Sid to stop ringing me? Uh, no, he <laughs> rang me and said, "What do you think about my morals?" And I said, "Well, get comfortable." <laughs> Ivan. Um, now, what what I think the Panthers should be doing is to prepare for injuries. They should be resting players only because it will then give players who. Aren't playing reserve grade, don't forget. Oh, yeah, that is a big issue. So give them a run. Yeah. Give them a couple of games. You know, Pick out some players that you think, well, if, if there's an injury in the centres, we're going to call him in and give him two games anyway. So is this what the Roosters have done? Is no, it gonna... no, no, they're, they're, they're juggling injuries. Yeah, but they, by default, well, they're, by they're, default giving, yes. they're giving these guys a run. Absolutely. So is that going to be better in six weeks' time rather than the Panthers Maybe. throwing? Yeah, it's, Maybe. It's inter- I don't know the answer. But we'll find out in six weeks. 
Um, we go to Sunday and the Knights and the Seagulls put on a blockbuster with the Knights getting home 26 points to 24. Another high-scoring game, but entertaining yeah. game. The Knights pulled out one, or pulled one out of their ass with a late try to Anali Tuala, uh, edging the home team in front after twice chasing down a Seagulls lead. In the end, it was five tries to four to the Newcastle side who desperately needed the win to keep their top four hopes alive. Meanwhile, for the Seagulls, the dreams of semi-finals footy are slipping away as they continually battle, continually battle the injury list last seen by Hawkeye Pierce and BJ Honeycutt. Mm-hmm. They weren't helped in this one by their ill-discipline, conceding 11 of the 15 penalties in the game. Yeah, the penalty count in this game was atrocious. And I've got to say, I didn't have a dog in this fight. I thought the Manly side were well and truly ripped off in this game in the penalty stakes. 11-4, to four, they were smashed. And this was after they got a couple of late penalties to make it not even look respectable. It was almost as if the Newcastle team were being managed back into the game. <laughs> but, of course, you can't say that. You get a big fine. So I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't so think you're going to get a big fine. Let's have a look at what... Des Hasler said in the presser to pretty much say the same thing, but Cre- to creative. try and avoid a fine. I believe it's called creatively using language. Listen to this. Ashley, they found 11-3 penalty counts, so that'd be my only gripe. Um, 11-3 against, yeah, it kind of kept them in the game. Um, I don't mind the 11 against, I just want a few more than three, yeah. I caught a good Newcastle offside for at least six times, so I'll um, get Bernie Sutton to do a review of Ashley and his penalties there. There's saying Bernie Sutton needs to review Ashley Klein's referee. I was being facetious, yeah. Being facetious? Yeah, it's just a joke. You can't get a fine for being facetious, can you? <laughs> just wanted to check. You might have to explain the word facetious to Bernie. <laughs> What's the difference? A couple of drive-bys there. Yeah. <laughs> he got his point across. Does he avoid a fine? It's like the old one when Harrigan and Gould. Gould says, what, what, what would you do if I told you you're a fuckwit? Oh, I'd send you off. What if I thought you were a fuckwit? Oh, nothing I'm do with I think you're a fuckwit. <laughs> um, it seems it's hard to talk about the Seagulls in 2020 without mentioning their massive injury toll. Once again, they ended a game without some huge stars, Tom Trebojevic, He's Dylan okay. Walker, he goes all right. uh, the legal firm Adam Fanur and Blake, yeah. uh, Marty Tapao and Jorge Tafua uh, were all missing from the starting lineup. And at the 19th minute, while leading 12 points to nil, they lost uh, fullback Brendan Elliott to an ACL injury. Uh, the fact that they remain highly competitive each week is mainly down to the efforts of Daly Tree Evans and his new halves partner, Cade Cust, who is proving to be a real f- good foil for his experienced captain. Mate, Cade Cust had a game that would put Josh Dugan in the shade. Cust played this game copping injuries to his ankle, shoulder, knee, <laughs> wrist, both legs, his <laughs> arm. He dead set got bashed in this one, but he still played 80 minutes as the manly side, as you say, ravaged by injury, but all clubs are at this point mm, in the competition. But Manly did put in a good effort. Can I also say, Moses Sully, he is a real rocks and Cubit Zirconia type of player. <laughs> he's the kind of player that when he gets the ball, both coaches hold their breath. He, he's not one that I rue the day that West Tigers lost him. 
Uh, for the second week in a row, the strawberry thick-shaped man, Caelan Ponga, was the best on ground for the Knights. According to Full Crew, the boys' backyard stats lab, hard hands Harry and his furious masturbating uh, brother, Red Raw Palms Percy. <laughs> While his kicking boot was slightly off, kicking three from five attempts, he haunted the Seagulls all afternoon and finished with five tackles, two try assists, 175 running metres and nine tackle busts. He is a fantastic player. I know. Here's a scoop. I know you tried to slander me last week. I have been in the trenches with Ponga. He is a fantastic player, but geez. A couple of weeks. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> the commentators commentating on, oh, a, on a Newcastle him, game, both at Channel 9 and Fox, just dead set blow their loads <laughs> every time he is anywhere near the play, whether he's involved or not. In this game over at Fox, full credit to the boys' very own, Andrew Voss, compared Ponga, get this, to Michael Jordan. <laughs> Go and have a listen. It is dead set true. It may be a bit of a stretch, but somewhere else, uh, someone else who had me very impressed in this game, I've got to be honest, in a losing side, was Taniella Paseka. In only 43 minutes, he had 28 tackles, one line break, 14 runs for 160 metres. He's only played 38 NRL games. He is a real gun. And I think at the end of his career, he will be compared in rugby league terms like Tiger Woods <laughs> in golf. Speaking of Tigers, uh, the West Tigers. Uh, wow. What a shit show this was. Convincingly put away the Bulldogs, the yeah. high-flying Bulldogs, yeah, 29 points to 28. In a crazy game, the West Tigers sealed the deal with a 78th-minute Luke Brooks masterclass field goal. Never in doubt. Uh, to beat the Brave Bulldogs in a game that featured 10 tries and almost as many tackles. <laughs> uh, the Dogs surged back from 22 points to 6. Uh, and with just nine minutes left on the clock, they hit the lead up by 6 and heading for their third win of the year. No. That was until the Tigers found a way to score a second-half try with BJ Joey Benji Leilua crossing the line before super sub Luke Brooks kicked the Tigers home for the win. Look, I already had a tweet ready to go, <laughs> lamenting our loss, something about this is the loss we had to have before we watch the semifinals or some shit. Then we somehow jagged this win. I wasn't even excited. We didn't deserve it. We scored three tries in eight minutes. And then we clocked off. It was an absolute shit show. But let's take the positives. We did get the two points. It was fantastic to see Jacob Little back on the field. It was too, yeah. After a year off. Good through. effort too. He played a long period of, this, of the game. He without... played 61 minutes. And that's his first game back. There's been no footy for him to be able to Absolutely. play. Absolutely. So Again, there's no reserve grade to come back through. In 61 minutes, he made... 44 tackles. He only missed one tackle. He had 98 running meters from nine runs. So every time he took on the line, he killed it. A great display from the young fella. He threw an absolute bullet pass to Brooksy to give him time to slot that winning field goal. It was a great game from him that will give him a lot of confidence. Mm. But really, this is just delaying the inevitable for Tigers fans. Yeah, you feel like you just want to rip the bayonet off. But yes. um, anyway, we'll have a look. Uh, it's not often you can say this next sentence, but the difference between these two sides was a winger, Sid. The Tigers' David Nofaluma was an absolute nightmare for the Dogs all afternoon in this one, scoring his customary try. Uh, but 
proving a real handful for the Dogs for the entire game. He finished with 220 running metres, three line breaks and nine tackle busts. If the Knopf, as we call him, was in a Dogs jersey on Sunday, they probably win by 10. Mate, he was great again. He's having a great season. That's why I thought he should have his own theme tune. Mr. Nuffaluma, Mr. Dave Nuffaluma, Mr. Nuffaluma, Mr. Dave Nuffaluma. And Madge was full of praise for him in the presser. He gets in and takes the dirty metres out from our own half. He gives his all every week. It would be a good reward for him to get a look in at State of Origin time. But I don't think that will happen. It won't. But he is a try-scoring machine this year for the Tigers. I also want to take this time to personally thank Josh Alloway. Without him, we struggle. In 66 minutes of game time, Alloway had the astonishing figures of 36 tackles, 18 runs for 209 metres, <laughs> and out of those, 100 metres were post-contact metres. Mm. He is an absolute gun. Yeah, probably playing the Roosters next year or probably Parramatta. <laughs> now, leading up to this Don't game, that. there was a bit of talk around about the Dogs' back rower, Matt Dury, who was debuting in this game. Dury, a 2018 Australian schoolboy and New South Wales under-20s rep from the Cabramatta Club, was named to play from the bench in this one and made it onto the field late in the first half uh, and crossed for his first try in his first game just a few minutes before half-time. By full time, he had seen 54 minutes of continuous play, had 10 runs for 110 metres. Given that it was his first game of footy in any grade all year, Sid, yeah. uh, this young bloke was pretty impressive, and the dogs might have found a good one. Um, and hopefully he loves a challenge. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Fantastic debut for the youngster. And as you say, without having played any footy with no lower grades competition going this year, once again in this game, the Doggies tried hard and all of New South Wales was behind them mm. to score an upset yeah. and relegate the Broncos to last place. But it wasn't to be as the mighty Tigers <laughs> march on in their attempt to try and wrap up ninth place yet again. you think it's a foregone conclusion, wouldn't you? Well, it probably should have been the biggest story all week, but then it sort of dissipated into nothing. Mary McGregor has coached his last game as uh, head coach of the Dragons after the club announced that they'd come to a mutual decision to part ways. It's not you, it's me. Uh, McGregor was allowed the opportunity to lead his team for the game against high-flying Parramatta, which they then went out and won. Now, as expected, Dean Young has been given the reins to the club. Uh, some would suggest they were contractually obliged to, Sid. Uh, Young is apparently on a short That's list. what I would suggest. Short list to coach the team past this year with Anthony Griffin and Craig Fitzgibbon also on a short list. Well, you and I have hinted to this all year. They re-signed him last year on a long-term contract. There's been a bit of speculation in the media whether he resigned or was sacked. No, nobody's actually clarified that. Mm. But it appears to me that he has been sacked and Craig Young has been installed exactly like Dean we... Young. Sorry, Dean Young. <laughs> Craig Young was the local copper that I used to get in trouble with all the time down in Cogger when I was a young kid. Dean Young, we knew, was going to be installed if McGregor got sacked. And this has all panned out. But it was lovely scenes in the change rooms at the end of the match. 
almost to a man, and I say almost to a man, they stood up and applauded McGregor. Not you, Tyson Brazil. There was about six players that sat down looking the other way. Um, Whether, depending on who you believe, will Dean Young be there in the job next year? No. Yeah. I think he's Oh, you think he will? Yeah, I think he's got it. Wow, I don't think so. Uh, Warriors captain Roger Tuovasa-Shek could make a shock exit from the embattled NRL club, according to reports. The Daily Telegraph are reporting that Tuovasa-Shek and fellow player Tolhu Harris are considering their futures of the club with Tuovasa-Shek even considering a code switch. According to the Telegraph, the Blues, that's the... um, the uh, rugby union team. Yeah, that's the team Benji Marshall played for once. Have, have reached out to Tuovasa Sheck while several NRL clubs have inquired about the availability of he and Harris. Their major concern is said to be the uncertainty around where the team will be based in 2021 as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and would only leave if the club is unable to return to Auckland. If the Warriors are again forced to base themselves in Australia, it could even lead to players attempting to question the validity validity of their contracts as players are unwilling to spend another season away from their families, the Telegraph reports. Tuvasa Shek has two years remaining on his $1 million a year uh, deal, while Harris has one year left at $700,000. Earlier this month, Warriors interim coach Todd Payton paid tribute to Tuvasa Shek saying his skipper was uh, doing it tough living in Australia without his family. He's probably doing it the toughest out of all of us. To be fair, he's the only Kiwi over here without his family, and he's got two babies under three. So we know he's not content. He's a little bit muddled with his feelings. He's always on the phone, and it's tough for him. He's got to lead a club. He's got to lead a footy team. And some days I can see the burden he carries is on his shoulders. I made the decision to bring my family over, and I told him it's been a weight off my shoulders, and I think he should do the same. Yeah, we've said it over and over again during the season. The amazing sacrifices the Warriors players have made to keep their club going this year. Let's hope that by the new season, arrangements can be made. The families can relocate to Australia. If this Rona capo is still going, it will be a shame to see players leave due to something out of the control of the Warriors. I just wonder... Who are the player managers for these guys? I'm not sure. I'm um, not sure. The Warriors have added more size to their 2021 NRL roster by signing giant Parramatta's Eels prop, Kane Evans. His acquisition further boosts the club's stock of big forwards for next season, following a sign, signing of Mate Ma'a, uh, the Tongan international Ben Murdoch-Masilla from Warrington, while Canberra's Jack Murchie joined the Warriors in May. BMM's back. Yeah, uh, Warriors CEO Cameron George, while acknowledging Evans' playing credentials, was equally impressed with his character. We couldn't have been more impressed with Zane in our uh, sorry Kane in our Zoom meeting. He displays all the qualities we're looking for, and you can see the excitement in his eyes and hear the passion in his voice. The experience he brings from his previous NRL clubs will be a great assistance to our group. Yeah, Brownie hasn't even started over there at the Warriors, and he's already signing blokes for next year. Good on them. Uh, as I said before, hopefully the Rona won't affect them ongoing and won't impact players' contracts, depending on which player manager they have. But uh, they need a couple of big names to go over there with their new coach, and let's hope that they can do it. It's good for rugby league. Already asked to sacrifice so much for the NRL. The Warriors are now in sponsorship strife, with the league informing the club that Vodafone can no longer be its naming rights sponsor. Uh, reports the New Zealand Herald. 
Vodafone has sponsored the Warriors for the past 22 years and still has two more left on its current contract, but it has been informed the deal can no longer go on in its current guise um, due to a telecommunications exclusivity clause in favour of Telstra, the NRL's major sponsor. Uh, signs the Warriors' sponsorship deal was in danger first appeared when the NRL demanded the club take down Vodafone-branded goalpost protectors at its cra- training ground in Gosford. The NRL's acting chief executive, Andrew Abdo, told the New Zealand Herald the situation was unfortunate. Uh, Telstra has been the naming rights a par- partner of the premiership for a long period of time and invests significantly in the game, Abdo was quoted. All clubs uh, benefit from this investment. He claimed the NRL had been working with the Warriors for years around the conflict of interest that exists in sponsorship deals. It's unfortunate that the Warriors and Vodafone have been able to come up with a mutually beneficial uh, solution, despite the NRL working closely on potential options to try and retain Vodafone as a partner for the Warriors. This is double-edged sword. We oh, Look, I can see both sides of this argument, yeah, to be honest. Everyone's going to blow up saying, like we have, we've got to look after the Warriors because look how much they've looked after the league in continuing their season. But this is a whole of NRL sponsorship that eventually goes into the pockets of the clubs mm. from Telstra. The, the issue with this is it's bad timing where... Vodafone have sponsored the Warriors pretty much since their inception. Um, But this is something that happens all the time. Uh, I don't want everyone to blow up and the Warriors aren't the victims here. This is just normal day-to-day business on a... It's really unfortunate. ...a billion-dollar industry, but it is bad timing. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, let's head north of the border to Brisbane to hear the latest dramas. Um, so much drama coming out of that club. Up at Red Hill. Plenty um, of we, fodder for a podcast. Obviously, last week, uh, Anthony Seabold had to break the bubble to a, attend a family emergency, which meant he wasn't at training. He wasn't against the, at the game against Canberra. Um, he look, actually did Zoom meetings. Did he? During the week. He has been. Uh, players have come out and said. Not sure it worked. He's still running the club and still uh, giving us advice. Peter Gentle is just there to get the internet connection, yeah. apparently. Um, allegations then came out of 10 Broncos breaking COVID protocols by attending a pub and playing Queen of the Nile all afternoon. Which did they get the feature? I think they did. Oh, good. Well, that's okay. Um, they were due um, for a change of luck. God I knows. don't mind that. They well, do a bit of luck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not meant to be there, but anyway, whatever. Suit gamble it. Um, yeah, if you, don't, surely, if you don't, you're a coward. Surely you're about to get some luck. Matt Lodge has been ruled out for the rest of the year with a hairline fracture of his tibia. Um, they then I'm that, not touching that. That was on Thursday or Friday. I think that's his knee and that's his that's his knee that goes through the gyprock. Yeah, too, it's so. a gyprock injury. So um, they went out and they got played. Uh, they got outplayed by the Raiders in the second half. They got absolutely hosed. Didn't score since, a point in 44 minutes. Since then, Payne Haas is facing a two or three game ban for a tr- crusher tackle on Canberra's uh, Havili. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. is reportedly fuming about claims that he badmouthed the club to Roosters chairman Nick Politis and has reportedly employed lawyers to examine the claims. Uh, Pangai Jr. is on the brink of being sacked by Brisbane, who deemed his biosecurity breach while attending a barbershop opening uh, full of bikies to be the yeah, final... full of bikies is the key point there. ...final straw in a string of disciplinary issues. What um, I also have an issue with there 
everyone's like, oh, you know, he was just calling Nick Politis because he's a mentor. Nick Politis is the head of the Roosters, and this guy plays for the Broncos. But he's also a shareholder of the Broncos. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, that is weird. It's true, and it's weird. But then finally, probably the biggest story come out of this week was lawyers working on behalf of Anthony Seabold in regards to vile rumours about his personal life expect to know the source of the gossip in the next day and believe it isn't random trolls making the wild <laughs> accusations. Seabold's legal team, headed by Dave Garrett, expect to receive a report from cybersecurity experts over where the rumours originated. It's quite unexpected. It's not just random trolls, Garrett later told The Australian, uh, that they were closing in on a person of prominence who had blacked out their social media accounts in the wake of the investigation. Yeah. Uh, the minute it came out, there was cyber people involved. Someone shut down their account straight away. All their social media went pretty much black, he said. Uh, they won't tell me their name, but it went black, and it's a prominent name. And I believe... Um, this 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 is a load of absolute bollocks. There, People can share direct messages with gossip as much as they want. There's not a lot you can do about that, unfortunately. Absolutely not. To think that there is some investigative unit that is going to come down to the uh, and find the culprit, the the person A that came out with all this gossip, what kind of unit is there? Well, I'm glad you asked. In the rugby league justice system, social media-based offences are considered especially heinous. In the NRL, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Volandis Integrity Unit. These are their stories. Stand corrected. Johnson, the step For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports News. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Sydney Swans young gun Elijah Taylor has been suspended for the remainder of the 2020 season. Now, Taylor's breached the AFL's COVID-19 protocols after his partner entered the Sydney Swans accommodation in Western Australia and she was not authorised to do so. What Elijah- was she doing there? <laughs> uh, him. Um, <laughs> doggy. Uh, Elijah. Oh, come on, man. Elijah Taylor's girlfriend reportedly crossed a golf course and jumped two fences to reach the Sydney <laughs> youngster inside the Swans Court. Really? Yeah. Uh, West Australian-born Taylor was partway through a 14-day isolation with his Sydney teammates at the Joondalup Hell of a Golf Course Resort in Perth. It is a great golf course. When the duo pulled off the covert operation. I shot 48 over there one day. Lakani Pierce, 18, had just hours earlier completed her 14-day quarantine after flying in from Sydney before making a daring run to be with her boyfriend. But the pair were discovered by two senior teammates, give-ups, and brought <laughs> to the attention of head of, co- head of football, Charlie Gardner. Sydney was given a $50,000 fine, of which half was suspended, and they were subsequently slammed by Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan. It's very very disappointing, McGowan said on Sunday. The AFL gave us every assurance this wouldn't happen. The Swans have let us down. The AFL have let us down. We're disappointed in both organisations. I received an apology from the AFL this morning. I appreciate that, but they promised us this wouldn't happen, and they have. Uh, The Premier's comments reportedly angered the AFL, He's making them jump at every turn and really hurting their brand. Footy Classifieds, Caroline Wilson said, they were really angry at those comments. This is just another reason why Elijah Taylor should be sacked (laughs) from the Tigers. 
I got no idea what that story was about. AFL, hashtag talk other games now. Fresh from the vision of grabbing each other on the stalk and jamming their thumbs up each other's asses during the team song. We covered off on this last week. The Richmond Tigers are reporting an obscure punishment to stop players giving away 50 metre free kicks. As the Tigers, like many other teams, now have families living with them in the AFL hubs, the baby son of Richmond captain Trent Cochin, Parker, is being used to help the team regain some discipline. We've got a bit of a protocol at the moment that if you give away a penalty, young you have to change young Papa, Parker's nappy. <laughs> Are they the people you want changing your kid's nappy? <laughs> this is good. This is club. Uh, I don't even know what to make of this. MotoGP. They do things differently in the AFL. <laughs> World motorcycling superstar Valentino Rossi said a rival's stray bike travelling at around 300 kilometres an hour almost killed me yeah. in a horrifying near miss at the Austrian Grand Prix. This was horrific. It was unbelievable. Now, the 41-year-old Italian, a nine-time world champion, was left badly shaken after Franco Morbidelli's Yamaha flew across the track just in front of him. Morbidelli and the Ducati of Johan Zarco had collided just seconds before with both riders slipped off through turn four at Spielberg on lap eight of the Grand Prix. Both men were unseated. Zarco's freewheeling Ducati also came desperately close to hitting Rossi as well as his Yamaha factory teammate Maverick Vinales, who was just ahead of him. Morbidelli's bike nearly killed us, fumed Rossi. Even Zarco's Ducati passed a few metres over over me. It's a very dangerous moment. Incredibly, Rossi uh, managed to compose himself and restart and come home in fifth place. He said, I was so scared. I am shaken. Resuming the race was tough. I took the biggest risk of my career. I saw a shadow. I thought it was a helicopter from above. Sometimes it happens during the race that helicopters pass over and cast a shadow. Instead, two bullets arrived, he said. Unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, go and find it on the internet. The footage is horrific. There was a crash in Moto2 that I, I was saying to Sid earlier on. I was watching it going, holy shit. Like a bomb went off, and then for some reason, I was just—I only flicked onto KO, and I thought, "Oh, that'll do." I left it on, and KO was working. KO was working. It usually does at about midnight, uh, which is really good of it. Yeah, Um, but then the the Grand Prix came on. I thought, "I'll leave that running while I'm doing the the stuff for the show." Yeah, and mate, that was unbelievable. Like I said, it was one of the most unbelievable things I've seen in all of motorsport. Tennis, Wimbledon champion. Who's the current uh, carryover Wimbledon champion? Would you say Sid from the women's? Um, some bird. Simona Halep. You're very close. Hey, um, she'll who's that? She'll skip the US Open, saying she is putting her health first and prefers to stay in Europe during the coronavirus pandemic. Does she keep the points, even though she's not playing? Don't think so. I always said I would put my health at the start, uh, uh, health at the heart of my decision, and I therefore prefer to stay and train in Europe. Six of the top eight women in the WTA rankings won't play in New York. World number one Australian Ash Barty and defending champion Bianca Andruscu have uh, also withdrawn. In the men's side, Rafael Nadal, the men's defending champion, has withdrawn from the tournament. But top-ranked Novak Djokovic yeah. said he will play. Roger Federer is out for the rest of the season after electing to go for two operations on his right knee. Who was that chick? Uh, Simona Halep. She should just turn up. Well, maybe, that's, maybe she'll that's win why, another one. That's why Serena's hanging around. Because ah. she'll go past Mar- or equal Margaret Court. If she gets one more Grand great Australian Slam. Margaret Court, I uh, love her. To um, no one ever. Stan Wawrinka, the 2016 US Open champion, is also out along with Gail Monfils and Nick Kyrgios. 
Meanwhile, Kay Nishikori, the 2014 US Open runner-up, tested positive for COVID-19. Not Nishikori. They're ripping, gold COVID-19 is ripping through the tennis world, isn't it? Uh, and will pull out of the tune-up tournament, but expects to play in the Grand Slam. Oh, terrible news for tennis. Are you having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, Bucks or Hens Night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom-made T-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mareinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mare Inc. has you covered. Let's see our next guest is a bloke we rate highly here. Uh, you can find him on Triple M on Channel 9 in Brisbane or even on the end of an auctioneer's gavel. He's also on Twitter at MyMateDobbo, Instagram Ben underscore Dobbin. Welcome to Full Credit of the Boys, one of our favourites, Mr Queensland, Mr Ben Dobbin. Yeah, g'day former legend, g'day Sid. I am honoured. I mean, there's been a lot of things in my life that I've done. I mean, breeding three children, you know, sire to a son first up. One of the proudest moments, but this could top it all. Full credit to the boys' podcast. I'm bloody happy to be here. I think that's more a reflection on your life than how good this podcast is. To be <laughs> <laughs> but we thank true, you for true. your kind words. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Let's let's yeah. let's start with the most important question. How's the golf game? Uh, putrid. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I'm, if I'm truly honest, I went out to Brookwater. I'm a member of Brookwater Golf Club. Um, and I went out there the day and I had a chat with them and they said, oh, you, have you improved? And I said, well, they started me at 32 and I'm down at 29. And I don't know how much money I've dropped on my <laughs> handicap and how much money with golf pros. But there's some people that have got great hand-eye coordination and I am so jealous of them. I am not one of them. I love the game. I lose money every week of it, but I am a shit golfer. <laughs> Mate, uh, well, I'll tell you a story off here about golf, but... Um... There's no better bloke to ask this, mate, in, in what has been, well, it's just been just story after story. And it's been a 2020 has been the most diabolical year for the Broncos ever. Mate, I'm going to ask you from the top, where's it all gone wrong? You know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's interesting when you say where it's all gone wrong. And I ask that question a lot myself. And I'm genuine about that because I drink the Kool-Aid in Brisbane. You've got to understand, I watch them train all, all year Every single training session, we know the players. Queensland, you get to know them well, and you believe the hype. And I, I always call it the Kool-Aid. I had them in my top two. At the mm. start of the year, I had them in the top two. They win two weeks in a row, and, mate, and then we go to COVID. Well, you know what? They were going to win the comp by then. Yep. I actually had a bet with a bloke that takes six mates out to lunch that they were in a top four team, and I actually said to them, pay up now once COVID hit because they were assuming yep. how wrong we got it. I think it's a fitness thing. And, and, and I spoke to a player today from the Broncos after the game. I'm not going to name him. And he said, mate, all the analytics you like in the world and all, all, all the different methods and all the sports science doesn't make it for hard-ass tough football and rough rugby league. Now, I'm yep. not saying these Broncos players aren't tough. You have to be tough to play rugby league yep. at this level, no matter what. But... You see the performance for half a game, and they can do it. You, every week, they're, they're in it. 
but then make something happens. And it's, it's just been seriously, I say, it's got to come back to the, the way that they're conditioning the players. They're not made, they're not, they haven't prepared for that onslaught. Gordon Tallis talks about the last 20 minutes of a game of rugby league. All the other stuff is fluff. And then when you get to the last 20 minutes, that's where it really matters. Well, Brisbane haven't been in contention for that last 20 minutes all year. And that's genuine. I know David Fafita broke them out up in Townsville in that one game. We now know the Cowboys are no a shadow of their side. Yep. I mean, they've sacked their coach and everything. So you can't judge that. Wayne was building with South Sydney. Katoni Stagg scored three tries that first time they played. And everybody was umming and ahhing. There was no crowds there. It was a it was a game that you couldn't pick anything. But the bottom line is they haven't been strong enough and they're not conditioned enough. And it's a fitness thing. It's not a talent thing because the talent is evenly spread. And if you look at the Brisbane Broncos roster, mate, they're full of superstars. You, you mm-hmm. want a Katoni Staggs. You want Pat Carrigan. You want Payne Huff. You want these players. They're there. Um, but um, unfortunately, they can't put it together as a team. Mate, on... February 14 this year, you sat down with Broncos CEO Paul White to talk about yep. the, to talk about the year ahead. If you knew then what you know now, what would you have asked him? Why? Uh, that's a bloody good question. Um, I, 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 I suppose I would have asked him why he doesn't stand down and is he coming? I mean, he, what? No, I would have asked him why he said last year this man. Can win will win Brisbane a comp, and that's talking about Anthony Seibold. Yep. Quote unquote. Paul White said that last year. It was in the papers. It was a cutout. It was in the papers. It was a cutout. The Courier Mail quoted him, and you know what? It's been a death knock for Anthony Seibold since then. No coach coming to Brisbane should have ever been put under pressure like that. Uh, He backed his decision, and let's face it, a lot of questions for Paul White will be asked. Of after this, yeah. Why did you give a coach that was unproven yep. one season when you have the Burgess brothers, Greg Inglis, some of the great John Sutton, and you get them to a prelim? Would you give him five years yeah. um, fully guaranteed? Now we're all in business at different stages, mm. and we all make mistakes. I'm not saying, but he has to own some mistake of it. It was a mistake to give Anthony Seabolt that duration of time. It should have been a three-year deal. And there should have been some performance clauses in there. There's no two ways about it. I, so I would have asked yeah. him why he put that pressure on Anthony Seabolt when he was unproven. Well, when you say their fitness seems to be a problem, do you reckon Seabolt's come in there and been a little bit too clever? He's gotten rid of some old heads. Like, it can't sure. just be conditioning. Is there is there a problem with the roster? Has he has he tried to be too clever and has outsmarted himself? To me. To me, the Broncos' legacy has always been pretty pretty similar in the sense. And even Anthony Griffin, um, I wasn't here when Ivan Enjack was here, but when Anthony Griffin was here, they still had a barbecue on a Friday. They still played a lot of plays that the, that the Wayne Bennett has instilled. And then when Wayne Bennett came back, it was very similar. They, they trained the way they trained. And when Anthony Seabolt got here, the music started blaring and there was they, they train in eight-minute blocks now and then break, and, and then they look at things, and they have a review the next day no matter what, and they do all this stuff. And for Anthony Seabold, he had to put his own stamp. And for some unknown reason, and, and I don't know what it was, 
but he didn't like what Wayne Bennett and what the Broncos had done in the past. But the problem was that that had been successful. Yeah. If you look at 2015, and yes, the North Queensland Cowboys, it'll go down history, won a grand final in Golden Point. But if you look at it, if after 80 minutes, it was a draw, yep. right? And, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's a fact. And if, if you're serious about it, they were one point away, the Brisbane Broncos, for winning that grand final. They were one minute away. Now, the Cowboys won at fair and square. We all know that. Greatest grand final, I think, bar the 89 grand final. Greatest Two, grand final I've no, been 2005, of but yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, um, for me, he tried to change what was successful and try to put his own stamp on it. And sports science and stats and analytics, they have a place, but you can't go the whole way. It's too tricky. Now, a player told me today, uh, and who's played a lot, premiership player, he said to me, mate, it is way too technical for us. We are not a technical sport. It's a really simple game. And they've overcomplicated it. Look, Anthony Milford was playing good attacking football off the back of big forwards going forward and giving him plenty of room and letting him play what was in front of him in 2015. Yep. You complicate his game plan. You give him five different moves and different sets and crossfield kicks and running shape and all that kind of stuff. Mate, he just wants the ball in his hand going forward and let him go to work. It's not a hard game for Anthony Milford, but for some unknown reason, they've complicated it. And I think that's the biggest issue. The culture out of Brisbane and what it was built off and the ethos has gone. There's no fine system anymore. Wayne Bennett used to find somebody. I said to Alex Glenn today, I said, how are you feeling when are you coming back? He said, oh, I think I'll be back in a couple of weeks. But he said, you know, it's hard when he's at the top trying to, trying to push the leadership and trying to lead and there's no one else above him because that all the fines are gone, mm. you know, like they're, they're treated as equals now. And, and that's the new way that you treat them like many you trust them. But football has always been done one way. Yeah. If you stump up, you get fined, you, you, you pay the penalty, you throw it into the spit tin, end of the year you have a cutout party and that's what, and you, and you drink the money from the spit tin. And you know what? You put a discipline in a culture. Regardless of what people said about Wayne Bennett, there was always fines given. Yep. Yeah. Always. And it was, it was a done deal. It's just the way it worked. And, and, and for some unknown reason, he went away from that. And it has backfired. There's no two ways about it. It, it certainly backfired. has. Dobbo, I've got yeah. a theory, and you can, you can, I wouldn't mind your thought on it, whether you think it's right or wrong. The, the, the story coming from down, from up that way, down this way, is that Seabold got rid of anyone that sort of gave him the old Broncos way and the old Broncos ethos. And that included some of the players. Like, you, you look at some of the players he's got rid of, it's a lot of experience he's got rid of, and he's employed no one with experience, right? The, the danger is now, because of the hole they're in, that these blokes are learning one thing, how to lose every week. And that, yeah. that could be the difference between these players being 10-year players and being two-year yeah. players. Do you reckon I, that's... I, I, I agree 100%, and I questioned him on this. Um, Seabold's theory about it is, and he's very much of the school coach teacher mentality. Now, I, I want to say this about him, and, I, and I'm in no way, I actually think he can coach. I think he can coach, but I don't think he was given the right tools, and I think this job was too big for him yeah. as a novice coach. Yeah. I, I think if he'd stayed at South Sydney, and I think if he'd transitioned Burgess out of there and losing Inglis and got some players and done that, I think that, that side with the with the experience that's still there, the Adam Reynolds, those kind of, Alex Johnson, those kind of guys, you actually you actually can have success at South. Brisbane, different story. He cleared the decks, and you're right. A lot of players that had done a lot of stuff 
for Brisbane and and for a long time, and he and they are out of the system. And you talk about Pat Carrigan. I don't. He says, "Oh, well, they're gaining valuable experience." I don't see the way they're losing at they're the not, moment. Mate. They're not yeah. valuable experience. I think that I absolutely agree with you on that. I think it's detrimental, and that's a cultural thing. You need that. You talk. You talk to people um, who played around, like Sam Thayday when he played, and Corey Parker when they played with Petro and with Shane Weepy. They learnt how to close out games. They watched consistent players week in week out get themselves up and win comps how they did it, how they put in every week prepared, and they learnt that process. And then when it comes to that business in that last 20, when they lift again, when they make that extra tackle, when they get back in on the line and take that tough carry, there's no one showing these blokes who are superstars. Don't get me wrong. There's as good a talent at Brisbane as you'd like. Yes. But the threat is now that they lose a bloke like David Fafida, and now the floodgates open. Tavita Pangai Jr. says, Mate, you know, regardless of his remorseful now, he's only remorseful because there's other clubs now who are showing a bit of, oh, hang on, mm-hmm. maybe we've got a problem here. Yep. But if he could get another club, he's gone. Yep. There's no two ways about it, and he's happy. But because, like- you know, why would he want to, why would he want to stay? And he, he actually said that he wasn't happy. He knew he was breaking protocol. He is remorseful. I've spoken to him. He said, I'm remorseful for what I've done. But Fafita's opened the floodgates now, and what it does show is that any club can cherry-pick all the talent out of Brisbane now. This is the fear, which they've never had to deal with. Never had to deal with this. They've always had loyalty, and they've always had a culture that was built around winning and that you stayed together. You always got paid, but not to the level of David Bafita. Now, if if Brisbane are leading the comp at the moment or challenging for the premiership this year, and David Bafita gets up at 800000 on a one-year deal with a back-end square that, look, at the end of next year, we'll give you a bit more love, you don't think that he stays? He'd, he'd never yeah. have moved, Of mate. course he stays. Yep. He never moves. He never, ever moves. And but, that's the thing that people don't realise. He's going, and rightly so. Why wouldn't you go? He's a superstar. He's going down there. They're building that Kiba Park connection again. They've got, you see Brimson. You know what they've got with uh, Mo Fortuaker. You know, Tino's heading there as well. They're going to have a good side. They're going to put an edge centre, a couple of edge forwards there, a good centre, and, mate, they're going to be competitive. No two ways about it. Holbrook can coach. But he never leaves Brisbane. He never leaves Brisbane. And he takes the lesser money if they're going well and he's comfortable with the coach and the way they're headed. And that is, that speaks volumes for that club now. It's not only experienced players that Seabold has uh, moved on. It also seems... and. Gordon Tallis has been critical of this. Like you mentioned, the old heads that built this club yeah. seem to have been blocked out when Seabold turned oh. up. What do you think about that? I mean, everybody knows, and, 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 and it's such a small thing, but it, it speaks volumes. The Since the inception of the Broncos in 1988, on the last training session, the Broncos had a barbecue. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Tony Spencer Springer, he's the groundskeeper, the water runner, the trainer, who's been there since the day, cooks the barbecue. If you're a player, you get an egg. If you're a former player, you get an egg. If you're a media or just somebody else, you get your burger. Happened every every single before every game, the last training session. And the players, the media, the old boys came back. You go back for a barbecue. Gordy used to go back there, Pearl, Lazo, all the old boys. And the new mingled with the old. Yep. Well, guess what? Seeds gets there. Barbecues are over because of health. They've got some. Nah, we're not doing that anymore. 
And so they don't cook a barbecue anymore. They don't have that anymore. Now, look, premierships were won by culture. Yep. I'm not saying the barbecue is... But it brought the connection from the old to the new. And it's such a small thing. You'd see Chris John sitting there. You'd see old boys there coming back maybe once or twice a year just for barbecue. And if you're around, you always went back to the barbecue and had a chat. The players mingled. It was something, the wives came in. Everybody was connected. It was like the family club. That's all gone. And, and it might, in the sports science sense, be seen as something like, oh, no, help and all that. But it's, it's bigger than that. It's overthinking it, it, it isn't it? It makes them united. And he scrapped that. Now, they can blame what they want and everything like that. But the one thing that I always say is when the barbecue was here, it was a good thing. They scrapped it because of health. And that is absolute garbage in yeah. my eyes. Speaking of health, mate, um, are you concerned how fat Buck the horses is getting? Because every time <laughs> they score a try, he does a lap. He's done about four laps this year. <laughs> oh, poor old Buck. I mean, you know, he gets his, he gets his biscuit of loose and hay every night and a dipper of oats. And, you know, all he wants to say is, he'll be that fresh come the time that they play the Cowboys. He's probably going to drop his head as he does the lap around. So that might prevent it. <laughs> Give a bit of entertainment, but I hadn't thought about all Buck, but they had to go and get a size nine point five uh, rug for him. Gutty. They're throwing, they're throwing a three man ten over him. We're very concerned yeah. about Buck, but uh, yeah, me too. There, there are more than just uh, rumours of factions up in Brisbane. Um, yeah. To fix this problem, does punting the coach fix most of it, or are there divisions amongst players as well? What needs to happen to fix the club? Yeah, it's a good question. And, I mean, you go on and, and, and look, mate, I, I merely talk on the game. I mean, my credentials was getting knocked out playing for the Springshaw Mountain men in Central <laughs> Queensland. You, you know, like after three games and saying, I'm going back to rugby union. This is way too hard. But in all seriousness, um, in, in all seriousness, it, 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 the questions you've got to ask is, is Anthony Seabolt the right man to get them out of the hole? It's a great now, question. It's a great question. Yeah, look, that, that, that is the question. Like, if you could see yourself and say, right, this, 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 is he the right bloke to get them out? I say you stick with him. And and my, on that, Dobbo, yeah, on that, sorry? This, yeah. this is where they offered him a five-year contract with the last year in his favour to 100%. with a long-term view for them to turn around already 18 months in, like, True. were they were they looking the long-term view for him to be the coach? Like, uh, somebody has to be held accountable and someone has to put their hand up and say, we cocked it up. Yeah, well, I mean, when it goes on, I mean, he, he wins the Dalian Coach of the Year um, that year and his presentation was outstanding. I, I, I always ask, and I've asked it, I don't understand why the rush was. I don't understand it. He wasn't off contract at South Sydney, right? He, he just wasn't. He had another year. Yeah, that's right. Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett had another year. Yeah, he had another year too. They yeah. rushed it. They rushed it. And Wayne Bennett wanted that extra year, and he wanted to nurture the next coach through. But they wouldn't have anything of it. I don't – and no one's ever going to know the real reason – and Wayne Bennett rightly so dug in. He got sacked. It's well documented. This is a club that he built with, along with a lot of people. And they brought Seabold in and they cut him the deal of a lifetime. Now, credit to him and his manager, Isaac Moses, for getting the deal of a lifetime. <laughs> but how, the, but oh, how Isaac they felt, Moses. <laughs> yeah, but how they felt that that was the right thing to do, 
and and the Broncos board. I mean, their answers that are going to have to be they're going to have to be come up. And people have changed their tune a lot. Look, is Anthony Seabolt the right bloke to, to turn this club around now? No, I don't think he is. Mm. And I don't think he's prepared to make the tough calls and sack the people that he has to sack around mm. him. I mean, there is some people there that they're not utilising, some strength and conditioning guys there that have not been utilised who are, the, I think, the best in the business. I mean, Crowley was part of the Cowboys that won a premiership. He doesn't even come out on the field anymore. He doesn't even come out in the field. You've got Paul Devlin, who's in charge, and with all due respect to him, I think a lot of these dramas are being caused by um, by the strength and conditioning and the way that their preparation is. Now, I don't believe that they can continue to go down with the same situation that they're in and expect a different result because it's not about these individual players. We know they're, they're right, but has he got the tools to get them together. Now they just keep on doubling down and getting more players. Brody Croft was the he was the solution, mate. They're yeah. bringing him there. Well, Melbourne, no disrespect, mm-hmm. they don't get rid of the players they don't want to get rid of. Correct. Totally I mean, agree. You, yep. you, do you think? Do you really think that the Melbourne Storm let Brody Croft grow up? They know go. If they don't think that they can win a comp without him. No Correct. chance. Correct. No mate. chance. Same they with... put your own views there, and it's business as usual. They, you know, they actually look better. Yeah, they look how... better. How much has uh, Seabold been hamstrung? Like, can he can he pick the team that he wants each week? Or it seems like he's reluctant to drop two or three yes. blokes. Like, like without without putting too fine of a point on it, Darius, yep. if he's not going to be fullback, which he is now, and I'll give you that. But for a long time there, he was he refused to pick him at fullback, but still picked him given the fact that he Darius didn't even look interested in centres. So. And it seems like Milford was the same. Like, no matter how bad a form he was in, there was a reluctance to drop him, Dobbo. Do you, is there some sort of mechanism in place that stops him from picking the team? Is there a Who's selection? Who's fault is this? Uh, I think it's the analytics and the sports science. I, I understand, and, 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 and I could be wrong, but my understanding is that Dearden, Tom Dearden was told, his parents present, that he was the starter and they weren't going to bring anybody in and he was the next number seven. And then they went and bought Brody Croft in. Yeah. Unreal. Now, they expected Dearden to go off and play Intra Super Cup this year and they were going to nurture him along. I don't know what they're planning on doing with Brody Croft. Maybe they thought he was going to go good and they could shop him somewhere else eventually. Yep. But COVID hit and then they couldn't get Dearden into the game and he was playing no football. And, I mean, we know that this kid can play. And they were at risk of losing him. There's no two ways about it. Um, if they didn't do something about it, they were going to they were going to they were going to lose him. But I mean, you look at this side this weekend that goes up against St George. I mean, it's a shadow of a Broncos team. Yeah. I mean, Reese Kennedy, Isaac Luke, Joe Offen in Goway, Ben Teo, David Fafita, Pat Carrigan. That's your starting forward pack. Yeah. And I mean, I speak to myself, and I'm, I know they've got injuries. I know Terps is out. Lodgy's gone. Uh, Payne's having a stint. Tavita suspended, Alex Glenn's still injured. And I know it looked that all good, but you know what? Every team has got injuries. Absolutely. Every single team has got injuries. And and, and I do believe that he, he I, I, they, they have a lot of analytics and they have a lot of different ways and they look at players and they look at numbers and they look at tracking and rest days and everything like that. And I think in some ways they believe this theory and, They've got this sports science around us and it's all technical and everything like that. And they're learning. It's a simple game. 
It really yeah. is. Green you've got to have a bit. Of, you've got to have a bit of mongrel in your carry if you're a front rower and you're in the middle. I've and never, you need to bend the line. I've never and seen edge that. forwards. Yeah, edge forwards don't need to be flashy, flashy. They need to be toilers and they need to be workers. You need those Fitzgibbon, Boyd, Cordner cycle edge forwards that go and do the hard work. Totally and agree. Don't, don't command a lot of praise. You know, and Matt Gillett was one of those blokes, mate. He was just, you know, that's why he was so good mm. because he did a lot of work that no one really saw. Do you know what I mean? A lot of defence, a lot of carries, tough carries as well. Um, and they're missing that. They really are. Yeah, there's not many games I can think of with one on a laptop. So <laughs> no, no, very true, um, very true. But, the Harvard but, degree. You know, it, it obviously is a tool, and it's obviously something that people use. But um. Yeah, quite unbelievable. Mate, I want to ask you a couple more things. The Cowboys are also in a bit of a hole at the moment. The Titans are a week-to-week proposition. They're improving. I'll I'll give you that. For the good of the game, should State of Origin this year revert to New South Wales country versus city? (laughs) (laughs) No chance. I just because no chance. I think I it's best for everyone. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, because you know what? I have a real gut feeling. I talk to Kevy regularly, and he talks about the size he's got, mate. You don't think that Tino, uh, when he comes out there and, and he representing Queensland off the bench, you know that young 20 year old from the Melbourne Storm, you watch him just wreck havoc. You watch Fafita wreck havoc at the end of the year, fully fit. They got a point to prove. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what it is, and you got to remember. I was born in the land of the Waratah. I took my first breath in New South Wales, so I have to support them. Well, I don't have to, but I choose to because that's state of origin, origin of birth. It's not about where you first played, where you were first, where you took your first breath of air, fresh air. So um, I'll always support New South Wales, but my loyalty is to Kevin Walters, and I do think Queensland will win. Oh, so you're, you're a bit better than Greg Inglis, but only marginally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I at least admit that I'm born in New South Wales. Well, <laughs> you, not Queensland. Um, you, you talk about Kevy and your mates with Kevy. What's going on with all these dramas with Queensland clubs? Why can't Kevy Walters get a look in? Well, there's only one job he wants, I think. I, I, you know, well, I haven't spoken to him about this, and I'm genuine about it. Um, I'm filthy with him because he, he uh, we had to Gordy and I had to go and do this fence for him, this side fence for him. <laughs> you know, Kevy Kevy is unbelievable. Years ago, four years ago, he rings us up on Saturday. If you want to come over for a barbecue, yeah, sure, mate. Yeah, you know, I'm just divorced and you know, a bit lonely in Brisbane. Don't know a lot of people, so I go over there. Next thing you know, I'm on a wheelbarrow for three hours shoveling <laughs> cement because he he's decided that he's going to put the, the side fence up himself. So we did that. Anyway, I'm filthy with him because he's doing renovations and he's knocking down that bloody fence. I mean, I couldn't walk for a week after that fence. Um, but look, I, I, look. To be honest with you, I, I think Kevy would love the Brisbane job, and if it becomes available. But I think he's so passionate about Queensland and hell bent on retaining. And, and look, he's done a lot of good things um, for uh, with that Queensland squad in, in talent identification. In, in, changing of the guard and everything like that. So I think that, that, that to be fair, he's a huge, huge shot at, um, at, at obviously winning the series. But if that job did come up, there's no guarantees that the club sees him as the right fit. Now, no. there could be a mutiny on, the, on behalf of the old boys because they all want him there. Yeah. But you've got to do what's in the best of the club. I, for me, and knowing what I know, I think he'd do a great job. But... I mean, you know, I thought he would have done a great job last time. They had Jason Demetrio there and they chose him. Look, he's going on 
Do you know what I mean? Like yep, Jason yep. Demetrio would have done a great job there. Like it, 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 it realistically, you know, Kevy and JD could have both coached the Broncos because they knew the ethos of it. But Kevin Walters to get this club back, he knows the fabric. I mean, six premierships, you know how to win, and he'll have winners around him. And I'm not saying that Steve's isn't a winner. I'm just saying for the Broncos at the moment and the position they're in, there's going to have to be a change, mate. Uh... All right, let's let's look forward to March twenty twenty one. Is it yep. Todd Todd Payton in the Cowboys and Paul Green at the Broncos? Do you reckon? No, no, I don't. Who do you um, reckon? What do you reckon? I I, I I think Todd Payton. I spoke to a Cowboys player today, and he says that he he feels that he's going to get the job. Uh, I think Todd Payton to the Cowboys, Paul Green to Queensland, Kevin Walters to Brisbane. Interesting, really. I think Paul Green gets the, the Queensland job if Kevy gets the Broncos job. That's right. my gut. Final and question. And he has a year. He has a year. He has a year off and just waits and sees what happens. Or he could be at the Dragons yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's another <laughs> poison chalice. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you off here about why that won't happen. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> there's a there's a new Brisbane team possibly coming into the comp in 2022. If it was up to you. Yep. Who would you sign as the coach and who would you sign as the marquee signing, given that they'll probably get free reign, at least one or two marquee signings to give them a check for whatever. Let's just say everyone was available on deck. Who would you sign as the coach? Who would you sign as the marquee? I think... uh, 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 Yeah. Look, I'd have two coaches. I'd have have Craig Bellamy as the coaching director. Yep. And and I'd go and get Craig Fitzgibbon as the coach. That, really? That's that's how I do that. Uh, I, I I do that, and I'd go and get. I'd take the five eight from Melbourne. I'd take Cam Munster as their marquee player, and build and build a side off him. Um, and, and I think because he has, and, and I, I I honestly believe now that the team will be out of based out of Redcliffe. They'll, they'll be called the South East Queensland something, but they'll be based out of Redcliffe. And I think that, um, and that's where it will all happen from. Do you think they should be called the Dolphins rather than that netball name that no, they're throwing up? No, they, they, they won't. No, no. Well, like the, yeah, the Kitty Hawks or whatever it was, <laughs> uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, no, but they, they could be the South. But there will be no tie to Redcliffe. That will be the one thing. Um, even though Redcliffe will be their side, they won't be the Red. I, I just think their their stadium, their leagues club, their plan. They own a shopping complex. They're so financially viable. They're richer than most NRL clubs. Mm. They can. They've got a huge, huge junior nursery which you need, and they can tap into the sunny coast as well. And they don't call themselves Redcliffe. They play out of Suncorp Stadium. I think it speaks volumes. I think that's where it'll be because Peter Volandis doesn't want the headache of having to go through what the Gold Coast has been through for so long. Yep. And now it's starting to look right because it's privately owned. But the, the, the Redcliffe can start and kick from the very beginning, and I think that that's what will happen. Final question before you let you go, and we appreciate your time. Do yeah, you, no dramas. Do you think the bloke that started the Seabold rumours has bought seven pairs of brown underpants this week? Look, mate, what a shit thing. I mean, there's plenty of things. Play the man, not the ball. Can yep. I just say yeah, this now? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know... You know, you're not happy... You, you know, like, Seabes is not a, hasn't had success in the cage. So I don't think anybody who writes that on social media is going to disagree. But, mate, we all got families, eh? We've yep. all got kids. We've all 
got you know wives and ex-wives. You don't talk about them. It's just off limits. Totally and some agree. keyboard warriors got into it and had a go. And I really hope that they find them, and I really hope that they humiliate them. But I can understand why he's so upset because I mean, we all get it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been called fat and overweight. I don't know how many times I've you know there's a there's a Facebook. Um, group Broncos group that just absolutely love me. Every time I go on Channel Nine, they decide to attack me personally. And I mean, I'm immune to it. I got a hot girlfriend, so I don't care. Um, but I mean, um, um, but but you know, like the, the, what I what I do worry about is what my kids would think. You know what I mean? I got yep. a 15 year old, I got a 12 year old daughter. You know, like I worry about what they would actually think. Yeah. And um and, and and I feel for Steve's in this. I've spoken to him about it, and he's more hurt that no one from the club told him about it till last week. He goes, mate. Supposedly these have been around since July, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, and he goes, he didn't know about them until last Tuesday, and I think that's why he's a bit broken by it. He had to sit down his daughters and talk to them about it. He had to talk to his wife about it and say, this is what's out there. They go to school, like, you know what I mean? And and so I I, I really think, you know, as as much as we go, geez, you know, like it's under investigation, that's funny, but like, but. It's a shit thing to do. What whoever the whoever the library was to do it, uh, and I truly don't think that they thought it would have the effect now that it has. And no wonder they've blackened their account. <laughs> they've gone, gone into hiding because you know what? It's coming like a freight train, mate. Uh, I, I, I was just saying to sit off air before we started. The only thing I've got more of in the last two weeks is the than than the initial. I don't know how many times I got that screenshot of oh, that, that yeah. stupid WhatsApp group. I know. But the only yeah. thing I've got more of in the last two weeks, or sorry, last week, is about blokes going, mate, that rumour wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Everyone's yeah. backtracking now. Everyone, oh, they're all out of it now. They're all out of the <laughs> I've never it's seen funny, you know, somebody said, somebody said, how far did you get from, from blokes that you hadn't heard from? Like, who sent it to me? And, and you guys would think, like, with me and, like, and, 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 and the minute I got it, straight away, I thought, oh, this can't be true. And it wasn't because of the anti-conceives that they were alleging. It's just that Peter Bedell hasn't held a story for 12 hours, let alone <laughs> two weeks. I'm like, as if, as if Bomber's going to hold for two weeks. <laughs> He's going a heartbeat. Like, so I'm true. Like, oh, that's not true. I'm like, oh, that's not true. So it's gone. I'm like, and I rang Bomber up and I said, Bomber, you've been implicated. He goes, as if I'd hold a story for two weeks like that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and that was when I knew, and I don't want to take any be disrespectful to the Seabolt family, but that's no, what I knew straight away. But yeah, I got it from Mount Isa, from a bloke that works 150 kilometres northwest of Mount Isa, who's on a cattle station. <laughs> he comes in out of a stop camp and he goes, mate, I've heard this. I'm like, mate, who the hell is going to tell you out <laughs> north the camel will, somebody's going to tip you about Anthony Seabolt's yep. behaviour. I'm like, seriously, mate, God, it's got far stretch then. Everyone's yeah, so got anyway. a mate of a mate who's in the name. Mate of a mate who goes, or his mother, his mother has a friend that works with somebody. Like, yeah, mate, I know, mate. Yeah, I get it. Gospel. Get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No dramas, boys. Domo, thanks once again for joining us here at Full Crew of the Boys. Don't forget, follow this champion bloke on Twitter, at my mate Dobbo, Instagram, Ben underscore Dobbin. Watch him on Channel 9. Listen to him on Triple M. Thanks once again for joining us, mate. You're a champion. Got one thing. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network as well. Every every morning at 9 o'clock, I talk cattle prices. So you can get on there as well. <laughs>
Hey, good on you guys. Uh, I'm I love sure. seeing full credit to the boys. I'm going to follow you guys now on your podcast. Thank there you very go. much. I'm not sure, how many, not sure how many crossover listeners we've got between rural Queensland. <laughs> Mate, there's a lot of similarities between cattle and rugby league. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good on you. credit to the boys. Need a sparky then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. All right, so it's time to do this. Yes, it's time for Grab a Mirrors, the world's number one podcasting segment. It uh, truly is. Brought to you by the world's number one electrical company. They truly are. You can reply to my tweets at 7.30 on a Tuesday uh, with the hashtag, hashtag Grab a Mirror, hashtag GAM. I'll punch out another one around 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock today um, with the same thing, hashtag GAM or hashtag Grab a Mirror. Tuesdays only. How about you go first this week? All right, I'm going to mix it up. Grab a mirror, Kim Jong-un. Careful. <laughs> I sucked up to Vladimir at the top of the show. It's, that's Careful what, what you say. Yeah. We, want to, uh, we want to be a podcast that just pisses off lunatic world leaders. Yeah. Um, now, only a couple of months ago, the world went into an absolute shitstorm with uh, stories of the genuine four-foot-tall North Korean dictator and Orient shit bloke, King Jong-un had kicked the bucket, Sid. Six-foot-eight, if you believe he's... <laughs> well, I'll get to that because <laughs> okay. it resulted in all sorts of rumours, but most, most importantly, some hilarious memes about his death, resulting in the North Korean government releasing a statement uh, to, to um, discount all the memes, declaring that the Danny DeVito look-alike <laughs> to be the most alive person in the universe. <laughs> That's not something that uh, which, got lost in Google Translate. That's... Which all of a sudden, Donald Trump said, I'm the most alive. Um, <laughs> now, North Koreans have previously claimed that the dwarf dictator had driven a car at the age of three. True. He figured out boats at the age of nine where he raced the chief executive of a foreign yacht company uh, who was visiting North Korea at the time and beat him. There's a bloke who knows, what, knows what's good for him, Sid. I know, boats. Oh, you're too good. You beat me again, you yeah. little rascal. Clever. He's still alive, uh, that guy. Kim Jong-un's father, Kim Jong-il, claimed he invented the hamburger. Yes. But he called it the double bread with meat. Look, marketing wasn't his strong point. No, um, but a delicious snack that he created. Kim's official biography uh, stated he has never needed to use a toilet because his body was so well calibrated it didn't urinate or defecate. <laughs> There's a bloke that hasn't had the privilege of a trip to the Sid punt on sweet Sid. Um, <laughs> now, Kim has lost... I would allow him, though. <laughs> Kim is Because what's he going to do? I will make an exception. He's going to stand there at the top of the toilet and go... He won't make a mess like you do. I don't know what this is for. Uh, Kim is also an apparent celebrated musical composer and artist who has celebrated around the world, the North Koreans are, have told them, uh, yeah. told told their people. No, it's true. To be fair, he's got to be better than old mate Sai. But, um, <laughs> and also, playing his first game of golf, the tubby little turd scored no less <laughs> than a birdie a hole on his way to a world record 38 under. 
34 off the stick. That's pretty good off the stick. But What's this, that and Ambrose? This, this week, the midget it's dictator. 195 points. He was playing off a handicap of 28. It's probably about <laughs> 98 points. You're one by one point again. You'd never believe it. Now, this point, this week, the midget dictator is facing his greatest challenge as North Korea has been plunged into a state of panic after record-breaking monsoons have ravaged the nation and required the supreme leader, I'm more a meat lover's man's here, but the supreme leader, Kim Jong-un, to declare a national state of emergency. Now, while everyone else is fighting a pandemic around the world, as usual, North Korea are doing things a little differently, and they've copped 50 consecutive days of torrential rainfall. Now, the rotund little pint-sized oppressor is uh, deciding whether to tap into his private grain reserves to feed the victims of recent floods which goes against the pygmy president's father's advice in the past when he claimed sawdust was full of nutrients encouraging his citizens to chow down on the building byproduct in their regular times of famine. So stuck between feeding his nation some sawdust or tapping into his own grain supplies, the obese little tyrant landed upon an even better idea. Starting in the capital city of Pyongyang, Pyongyang, all citizens are now required by law to hand over their dogs. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's right. There's no connection, surely. As from Monday in North Korea, man's best friend is set to become number 17 with boiled rice. <laughs> now, as recently as October 2018, Kim presented a pair of Pung Sang indigenous hunting dogs to South Korean president as a symbol of the growing thawing of bad blood between the two nations. The peace puppies, that's what they called them, had a fortunate escape because right now if they were in North Korea, there'd probably be a couple of couple of dozen satay sticks. Yeah, they'd be thawing out as we speak. Saying that, the same fate could have landed them in Bali as well. Um, <laughs> but who knew, Sid, that Lassie was the North Korean version of my kitchen rules? <laughs> what do you think's under the mystery box in North Korea in MasterChef, Sid? What's uh, under the box? Delicious. What's under the box? What's under the box? Ah, dog's balls again. Rest assured, uh, old Matt Preston would have chewed through them, no worries. <laughs> so grab a beer, Kim Jong-un. You lassie-hating, rin-tin-tin-eating, bluey-chewing hat. Maybe spend a few less dollars building those flops of nuclear rockets that go up and come back down again and spend a few more dollars buying some cows or some bats. Always wake, welcome on the show, though. <laughs> Love you, bro. Love you. Hell of a golfer. Equal 10. At Ryan, what's on? 1988. Hey, Riser. Grab a mirror, keyboard warriors. Your time is up. At Mark Levy, 2GB, and his legion of merry men online who tweet and think exactly the same thoughts as him and like all the same shows that Mark does, have you in, have <laughs> you in their crosshairs. Your days are numbered. Hashtag me, myself, and Levi. No, nah, totally legit. He's fine. Equal 10. Mark at, Levy. At R Meerkats. Grab a mirror, water-efficient toilets. If I wanted to see skid marks... I'd watch Sunrise. <laughs> Put a minute. But Koshi does a good Bitcoin. Equal 10. At Dogstar underscore 01. Hey, doggy. Grab a mirror, Matt Chechen, for charging Big Pappy with leading with the head in the Dogs slash Tigers game. Nobody leads with the head unless it's a ref or a bunker official trying to find out what's up his ass. Hashtag don't try this at home, kids. I totally agree with that. I, I can't remember it happening in the game and I watched it. Reluctantly, because we're <laughs> shit. But who leads with their head? No one. Anyway. Oh, Nate. We should probably check if he got off. Hopefully he got off. Nine. Hey, we're up to nine already. At NRL for breakfast. 
Grab a mirror the, at NRL and at Daily Telegraph. Put them in it. Put them in it. Good. If you don't have a Daily M for the interim coach of the year. Good point. <laughs> when the awards, then the awards have no credibility. Six of them this weekend and recognition for these acting coaches is required. Hashtag recognition. Hashtag transit lounge. Hashtag be better than Mary. I want to ask Andrew RLP later. Like, is the Broncos? The Broncos lost. No, not even that. The Broncos lost this week. Does that go against C Bomb or the interim coach? Does Zoom coaching count? I'm not even sure. It's a crazy season this year. Eight. Still better than his other coaching systems, probably. So yeah. Um, At Graham Gadinsky. It's like the time he said. Broncos, you just coach yourself. And they won. <laughs> so does that go down as a win for you? Uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. Graham Gadinsky. Grab a mirror. Hey, West, Gadinsky. West Tigers, you magnificent heartbreakers. Please <laughs> please stop strateg- strategically winning slash losing games so we finish ninth. I'd like to watch you play finals footy for once. Wouldn't be this year, brother. Not this year, my hashtag friend. Grab a mirror. Hashtag FCTTTBs. Sounds like too many T's to it's me. definitely too many T's. Hashtag no reward for finishing ninth. 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 Hashtag nice guys finish ninth. I don't even think we'll finish ninth this year. Seven. Our destiny's in our own hands, however. We're not even a mathematical chance. At? We are no chance. At MGRAVS, MGRAZ 2005. Hey, guys. Grab a mirror. Hashtag grab a mirror. FCTTB's very own at Andrew Voss. Put him in it. Yeah. I think you put the wrong one in it. Uh, oh, for, even better. For missing an opportunity to throw in a crazy line when Dewey was chasing down Dury. Yes. You're the best in the business, so expected a pearler. Bit of homework for when these two giants clash again. Hashtag Tiger's joyride continues. I nearly did a song about that. <laughs> I'm going to wait till Dewey has a good game before I do that song. It may never happen. Six. At NLC081. Hey, Narkel. Nadine. Hey, hey, Nadine. Hashtag Grab a Mirror businesses who are forcing workers back to the office. For six months, everyone's been productively working at home. Now, in the midst of a small second outbreak, you want everyone to ride the cesspool of public transport. Hashtag for shame. Hashtag active wear is the new workwear. Hashtag come at me. That's what I was about to say. If you are forced to go back to the office, I think you should still be allowed to wear what you've been wearing the past six months which I'm assuming is track pants and full credit to the boys' jerseys. Five. Still available on our big cartel website. What about all the people that porky pig it? Just wear a nice top and nothing downstairs. It should be allowed. Um, Should be allowed. At BJO Rosenberg says, grab a mirror. Hey, Rosie. At Real Big Dell. Put him in it. Good. Describing TPJ as a perfect player who can build a culture around and saying he hasn't done anything Two illegal. Uh, I actually heard that. <laughs> Which tells us exactly why Queensland teams are where they are and that Queensland is the best left to kissing their cousins rather than running footy teams. They kept going to Dell on Triple M asking him about indiscretions and he's like, I've done it. <laughs> like, we probably should have got somebody else in here to Clean, ask. Clean us to your dirty shirts. <laughs> Four. At Nath J. Cooper. Hey, Coops. Grab hey, him. he was the winner of the tipping comp last year. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's anywhere. Oh, he's probably higher than you now. You've oh, had a fall from grace. Oh, haven't I stopped? Good old Coops and his dick pics. Hashtag grab a mirror. Anyone sending in hashtag grab a mirrors mentioning at Beg Jugs, knowing, <laughs> knowing they'll read out read them out to give at Sid Punts the segue. <laughs> spelled it wrong. <laughs> he needs to hashtag ordinary girl. Yes. Funny you say that. Let's do it. 
We'd be close to parking this, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's getting close, but very clever uh, on your behalf, Coops. Good segue. Headline number one in this week's Beck Jugs update. Rebecca Judd shares the very unglamorous reality of coronavirus lockdown as she poses makeup free whilst cuddling her cheeky son in her $7.3 million mansion. Let that be a lesson to all you mums out there. Put some makeup on you, chats. You look disgusting. <laughs> Headline number two this week, Beck Judd has taken aim at Ellen DeGeneres amid the controversy surrounding bullying claims among the talk show Queen's staff. Oh, Have we covered off on this one? Off Ellen. Well, I know. you. You're, <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot to say about Ellen. But this article... Referred to uh, Beck. She got a tie in. Taking... She got a tie into Ellen. No, she was just <laughs> taking aim at Ellen. But uh, in a statement released this week by Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen stated that she is devastated that she's disappointed. Whoever the fuck Beck Jugs is, <laughs> you're, a, you're a staunch defender of Ellen DeGeneres, aren't you? So she's a bitch. Who gives a shit? I know. She's a. <laughs> Is a rat's ass. She's rich as why is, fuck. Why is that an issue? Look, mate, I could talk about this for hours because honestly, say so what? Yeah. Say so what? She don't. She's not real nice, mate. Who there's people, mate. That's television. People have met you at a live show and thought you're a wanker. <laughs> More than that, they've seen me in the tours and thought I was a wanker. Yeah, some people tackled you, but I could have told you all he's a fucking wanker. But anyway, headline three in the Beck Jugs update: Footy Wag reveals. She went to get a bogan tattoo at the age of 13 before a bizarre discovery changed her plans. Now, I actually read this article. I was like, yeah, Beck Juggs went to get a tattoo at 13, whatever. But this bizarre discovery was a Swarovski store where Beck Judd bought a whole bunch of Swarovski crystals instead of a, instead of getting a tattoo, just like any ordinary 13-year-old girl would do for her. She said she was going to get a tattoo that was ladylike but appealed to men. So she was going with free head jobs across her forehead. <laughs> or slippery when wet across her groin. But anyway, that is the Beck Jugs update for this week. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. Can I have a go now? Off you trot. Okay. This week's Grab a Mirror is a serious one, former. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've said about this. It's not all Chewbacca dicks, <laughs> ghost pirates, and sex robots. I'm just an ordinary guy, former. And sometimes <laughs> things just really get my goat. So here it is. Grab a Mirror, Buzz Rothfield. Oh. Has he blocked you? No. <laughs> Coward. This week, we saw an article from the Oracle we all know and love, the Stilettos loyalty card carrier <laughs> and rosy-cheeked Mensa candidate, Phil Buzz Rothfield. The headline that he wrote this week read... You reckon he likes a drink? I'm not sure. I don't know him that well. But he wrote, 
an article which the headline read, Brisbane Broncos coach Anthony Seabom calls police over vicious rumours. This article goes on to call the rumours scurrilous, slanderous, and Buzz reveals that Seabom has hired law firm Ofahiki Ogden and Associates <laughs> to find out who has been spreading unsubstantiated rumours about the Broncos coach. At no time in the article does Buzz mention what the rumours are that have been circulating, nor does he put those rumours to bed and deny that they are true. He's a great journalist. It is a dead set puff piece. Now, as most of you know, screenshots of direct messages have been sent around to a lot of people. I received it probably 10, 12 times, as did you, former. Yeah, a couple These times. screenshots, people knowing people that knew people that knew other people that knew stuff. As I said, what I've received more of is, listen about those screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about it, I cannot recall seeing these screenshots actually posted to social media. I'm not sure if they were. If they were, they were by minor accounts because I've never seen them. I did not see them. I got them sent to me. But uh, but if it was... You're a dum-dum if you did that. Yeah, and if it was posted on social media, then that is bad form. But I want to point out the irony. <laughs> the Buzz Rothfield is slamming people for sending what may be untrue gossip by personal messages to friends in group chats when he himself is an amazing journalist. Here is just a sample of news items, and I'm doing those air quote things here, <laughs> that have appeared in the Telegraph written by Buzz in his shush column over the past few weeks. Hell of a read. Only in the past few weeks. Here's one of them. Which NRL club covered up a behaviour issue and stood down a star player with a fake injury to keep the media off the trail? Rumour, innuendo. Not sure which uh, class you would put that under. Here's another one. Which NRL coach is getting paid twice by his club? His salary and investment property income from a house owned by the club to house young players. What a great journalist. <laughs> Just throws these out there. Doesn't investigate any further. Here's another one. One of the game's leading referees has been caught with his pants down in an inappropriate relationship with a female staffer at Moore Park HQ in the off-season. Who is the player telling teammates... He plans to run dead at his new club so that he can get a release. Surely all of these sound like rumour and unsubstantiated <laughs> claims. And this one, who is the coach that is being subjected to unfounded rumours about his private life? <laughs> On one hand, it is okay for this journalist, I'm doing those air quote things again, to spread to spread unfounded rumours for a two-bit column for clickbait. Two-bit. That's overselling it. Yeah, I didn't know what was lower than two-bit. <laughs> Probably one bit. My maths isn't very good. But here he is spreading unfounded rumours, but when it suits him, he will write 
a whole piece about how disgusting it is that NRL coaches and players are subjected to unfounded rumours. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) A player running dead in a game or a referee that could be corrupted by information about an extramarital affair are not things that should be used as clickbait. They are real stories that a real journalist would drill down on, but at the very least, they should be reported to the NRL Integrity Unit because they dead set have integrity issues surrounding them. It's true. They're not issues that should be put in a shush column for everyone to speculate about. A one-bit column. So... (laughs) So grab a mirror, Buzz Rothfield, shit or get off the pot. And if this story going around about C-Bomb isn't the biggest the biggest media beat-up and smother in the history of all bullshit stories, then I am not here. Well, maybe I've got one that can just top you. Just off the top of my head. Hit me. Just Google it while you were talking. Um, during a segment on Fox League, Paul Crawley, took aim at the harsh penalties to those caught breaking the NRL's bubble rules, Mm -hmm. including uh, coach Wayne Bennett, St. George Illawarra's Vol Porn, uh, (laughs) Broncos assistant Al Langer, and so on it goes. Yep. Uh, Crawley said he wasn't defending their actions, but said actively looking for people breaking the rules was embarrassing. With all that's happening at the moment, with all the COVID violations and COVID, we've become a nation of dobbers. We really have. And of hypocrites. The way we impose ourselves in the rugby league lives at the moment and we try and catch people out, I think it's embarrassing. This from the same organisation <laughs> that sent three photographers to the Bulldogs' end-of-season drinks to catch Adam Elliott, drop his donger, and made it is one hell of a donger into the bottom of a schooner glass. Offended nobody. Offended nobody at the time. But this... This is dobbers. These are dobbers who are people who against are breaking... Against people that are breaking a billion-dollar industry. Mate, if Paul Crawley isn't one of the most red-hot blokes you've ever met, I'll eat me hat. Seriously, all of you journos. Like, we, we pick on AFL journos for a whole other raft of reasons. Like sport, really. But these NRL journos, dead set, can fuck off. Three. At DBM Cobber. Hey, Cobber. Hashtag grab a mirror at Sid Punts, put him in it. Hey. Who last week declared Mitch Orbison was a certainty to take over <laughs> Minicello's total game record for the I've Roosters. I've already covered off on this. Leave your rubbish tips for your rubbish <laughs> punt segment. Hashtag jinx. Hashtag can't pick them. Well, as I mentioned earlier, he should be back in the regular season. And I'm pretty sure the Roosters will make the semis. And like all my tips, will come true. He will beat the record. Two. And then the Tigers will offer him an eight-year deal on 800000 a year. At Triff 81. Hey, Triff. Grab a mirror at Telstra, put a minute. Good. For all the shit that at New Zealand, New Zealand Warriors are going through, put the minute. You jerks in Bangalore are telling at, <laughs> at Vodafone New Zealand they can't sponsor the Warriors anymore as a joke. Did at ANZ Stadium complain when at NAB sponsored the at South Sydney Rabbitohs? Hashtag... Put them all in it. Oh, that's a lot for me to digest. But yeah, good point. Who got number one this week, former? One. At Jared Campo. Grab a mirror, divers. <laughs> After watching 
at MotoGP, put him in it, on the weekend and seeing those lunatics get to their feet after crashing at 300 kilometers an hour, you all look like a bunch of soft cocks. Hashtag the ear flick burst my spleen. Hashtag looking at you, soccer. Hashtag EPL. Hashtag oh, and at <sighs> those the, divers. At Sydney FC, put him in it. Good. We all want you to go grab a mirror. On that point, did you see Joel Thompson? Full credit to the boys, very own Joel Thompson this week. Very good man too. He just kept spitting blood out during that game. He split his tongue in half and had to get it stitched up. Imagine if he was playing soccer. You know, his tongue reminded me of one of my midnight pisses. (laughs) Right, I said, let's do this. NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Yeah, it's round 15 of the NRL, Sid, and uh, whenever we re- preview a round, we always get, uh, well, we usually get this bloke in. Man. Andrew Ferguson. Andrew Ferguson. From Rugby League Project, from Fergo on the Freak Podcast. How are you going, brother? Well, good guys yourselves. Very good, Pretty mate. Good. Um, dropped in temperature, but other than that, can't complain, mate. We've got freedoms. Oh, look, you... It's the same temperature down here behind the face mask, I can tell you. <laughs> We've got freedoms, you don't, so I suppose what can we complain about? Um, we, we actually have, full credit to the boys, face marks, masks. Go to Mayor Inc. Yeah, hit up Mayor Inc. To get some of them. I'll send you one, Andrew. Um, well, boys, we start on Thursday night. And it's going to be an interesting game, actually. The Parramatta Reels are taking on the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Parramatta are $1.62 with Blue Bet, and Melbourne Storm are $2.30. $2.30. The start's four and a half in the favour of the Storm, which surprises me. Andrew, what are the stats saying here, brother? Uh, Melbourne's won the last four games between these two sides with a combined score of 134 to 30. Yeah, wow. This is the thing. This is why I think that $2.30s. Pretty generous. For I the think storm. that's ridiculous. What are you thinking, mate? I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the eels are sort of gone a bit cold. I'm, I'm going to go with the storm on this one. Yeah, I'm glad you say that. We're you've, both the same. You've been death riding Parramatta. I'm not death riding them. I just think you, you've a been. Lull. Okay, I'll give you that. You've been saying they can't maintain this ongoing. Mm. We saw Melbourne last week beat the Roosters. Granted, the Roosters are in a bit of a lull with eleven players out now. But I think this is where your theory, mm, yeah, theory, will come to fruition. I think Melbourne, even with the start, I'm going Melbourne head to head to beat Parramatta. Is Smith back? I think he could be. Not that I've heard. Okay. Yeah, but we way. have been recording whilst they've announced the team. But they they won without him last week against the Roosters. That's true. And Munster. Um, yeah, I'm going to back the Storm. Yeah, I'm going the Storm. Friday night, boys, and uh, the Penrith Panthers play take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. It'll be an interesting game, this. It's $1.32, the Panthers with Blue Bet, and $3.40 for the Sharkies. Um, the margin is 8.5 in favour of the Sharks, obviously. What are you thinking here, Andrew, or the stats? Uh, prior to this year, the last two times Penrith put 50 points on the Sharks, the next time they played them was played at Penrith, and Cronulla won on both occasions. <laughs> there you go. The Jew again. Um are you going to back him on that? 
Um, you know what? I'm, I'm sliding down on the tipping ladder, so yes, I'm going Sharks. Yeah, well, I think we're all sliding down the tipping ladder, but... <laughs> Mate, no one's sliding faster than me. <laughs> I'm uh, backing the Panthers, and I think the Panthers will cover the eight and a half. I'm like one of those little blokes in that uh, Brazilian slip and slide show. Mate, you, you couldn't believe we in the break we just checked. You were winning a few weeks ago. What are you now? 40. 49th. <laughs> Sliding, de- sliding down a pole like a grease cap too. Uh, um, horrible. It's horrible to watch. I love it. Could they? What are they up to? Ten in a row? Uh, I'm going to back the Panthers, but with no conviction. Uh, the second game, and thank God the Broncos are on a Friday night because they're playing <laughs> the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, it's $3.40 for the Broncos with Bluebet. $1.32. Get that. Um, the Dragons with their brand new coach. Nine, nine and a half start. The Broncos have um, blue bets are all over this with a few markets. But what are you thinking, Andrew? Uh, the Broncos have scored just eight points in the last 20 minutes of games this year. Corey Norman alone has scored 12 points in the same period. Yeah. <laughs> it's a worry. If they're not in front with 20 to go, they're going to be in all sorts. Um, 44 minutes they went without scoring this week. Do you think there could be an upset, mate? Which is the upset? <laughs> uh, some good footies played. <laughs> That's a good point. Do you reckon the Broncos have got any chance? Um, I'm tipping the Dragons only because I want to see the Broncos go without a win for the rest of the year. Yeah, we were talking about this off yeah. air again. We're, just, we're praying for a Bulldogs win somewhere. Yes, it, I'm glad it wasn't against the Tigers, but go the Bulldogs and let's make sure the Broncos don't win another one. You Hence, know, I'm picking St. George. I'm going to back the Broncos. Yeah? Yeah, I just think... I'd take the Broncos with the start. The Dragons, That's good odds from Bluebet. The Dragons will out-dragon themselves once again here. Nah, surely not. Um, Saturday we not go... Not with uh, Craig Young. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's brother, Dean. Um, <laughs> and I believe their uh, cousin, Johnny Young's coming over, uh, singing the, Nash, the, the team song. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, we start with this Saturday afternoon specialist, the Gold Coast Titans. They're taking on the Canberra Raiders... It's four dollars the Titans, the Honest Titans. It's a dollar twenty-five the Raiders. Ten and a half start going to the Raiders with Bluebet, of course. Uh, Andrew, what are you thinking, mate? Uh, the last time the Titans had a win at home on a Saturday against Canberra was back in twenty eleven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what are you thinking? Could they could they upset uh, the Raiders? I, I'm going with the Raiders here. Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders. I actually have been impressed by the Gold Coast Titans, but. Yeah, the Raiders are back, baby. I've been impressed by the Titans as well, but not that impressed. No. Um, I, don't, I think the, the Raiders should be good here. Well, we go to the second game on Saturday, and it's the game that everyone wants to see. It's the West Tigers taking on another top eight team and putting their season to an end. Um, $3.10 the Tigers are with Bluebet. $1.37 the injury-ravaged Roosters. That's, Roosters That's will an win. absolute <laughs> insult that they're $1.37 with Bluebet. Ring someone. Get someone onto that. Six and a half start goes the West Tigers. Six and a half? <laughs> what, 16? Um, Andrew, what are you thinking, mate? The Roosters' last win at Leichhardt Oval was in 2014, and that was just their second win there since 2000. Yeah. With a packed crowd at Leichhardt, <laughs> we're a chance. A third of a crowd. Uh, can you have 500 people there? I'm not sure. What are you thinking, mate? Um, the Roosters will win this, but I'm going to tip the Tigers. The Roosters will win this, and for that reason alone, I'm going to pick the Roosters. Yeah, that usually gets me to tip them if I think they're going to win, so I'm going to back the Roosters And also, if I pick the Roosters and Tigers win, I win. 
and and maybe if the Roosters win, finally the full Band-Aid comes off. Yeah, exactly. Just put us out of our misery. Um, the South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Would have been a good game without the injuries. Uh, the Rabbitohs are $1.38 with Bluebet. Manly Warringah are $3.05. It's a seven and a half start to Manly Warringah with Bluebet. What are you thinking, mate? The last time South beat Manly on August the 22nd was in 1970. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> what are you backing? Oh, God. Uh, I'll go South. What's the start? Seven and a half to Manly. Seven and a half to Manly. I reckon they'll cover the start. Well, customary, I reckon it will be close. The Manly put in a good fight this week. Customary, it's customary and the for, ref was against them. Customary for the Manly Warringah Seagulls to lose one player before the 20th minute mark. So I wonder who that's going to be. Um, yeah, I can't back I can't back them, mate, unfortunately. I think the Rabbitohs should be strong enough. I think the Rabbitohs enough. will sneak home they, by six. They look all right, the Rabbitohs. I've got more to say about uh, the, the form of their fullback. We'll their talk coach, about that another time. Their coach is... Doing it via Zoom as well. Isn't he back this week? Who knows? Um, it's ridiculous. Sunday, and the first game sees the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Come on, the Bulldogs. Um, <laughs> playing the New Zealand Warriors. It's $2.35, the Bulldogs, with Bluebet. $1.60, the Warriors. The start is three and a half, Sid. So they're expecting a close game. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what are your stats saying here, mate? It's been 526 days since these sides last met, and on that occasion, the Warriors won 40 to six. Since then, we've had half the country burned to the ground, a pandemic closed down the world, and Beck Jugs revealing that she would never mind someone else's children. <laughs> <laughs> She's revealed more than that, my friend. Yes. Um, what Go are you to back? Her OnlyFans page. Who are you thinking, mate? Um, I'm going Bulldogs. Everyone's got to go to the Bulldogs. And come on, Warriors. What do you care? This is the one. This is the game where they can put the Broncos last. Absolutely. Come we're, on, Warriors. You've done everything else this year. We've got uh, word just through that the Warriors are allowed to keep Vodafone on their jumper. So that alone, they should give the Bulldogs the win. And I'm going to back the Bulldogs as well. That was good, uh, good form from Telstra. I'm pretty sure under no pressure on social media, <laughs> they folded. <laughs> The social media blokes. still, we got to the end result. It's good. The social media blokes just taking a whack of Valium and going to sleep. Um, the Newcastle Knights take on the North Queensland Cowboys in the final round, game of the round. $1.32, the Knights with blue bet. $3.40, the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, the start is six and a half in favour of the Cowboys. Andrew, give us a, give us a leg up. Who's going to win? The Cowboys have lost their last four games at their new stadium by an average margin of 10 points. It has yeah. not been and a not, grand it's not opening a fortress, <laughs> fortress to that stadium. I'll tell you what, their coach has not missed them on a couple of occasions so far after the game. Um, what are you thinking, mate? Uh, I'm going to go Knights. Yeah, I'm going to go the Knights. You know why? Because they're, they're at home. Do you reckon the Knights are going to win because of the winger Toa? Because what? that's in my rough punt. Let me play my rough punt. Now, Melbourne have the start against Parramatta, but I'm going head-to-head Melbourne to win. $2.30. $2.30 with Blue Bet to beat the Eels. I'm picking the Panthers to cover the start eight and a half Mm. against the Sharkies. $1.90. Yep. I think in the Canberra versus Tits game, our mate, Chard Nickel Clockface, will score a try. I think that'll be a pretty free-flowing game, so hopefully there's a lot of tries there. 
And let's hope the clock face gets over at $2.37. And as I said, Newcastle, the winger, Toa, anytime try scorer. When's that on? Sunday afternoon, the, Sunday last, afternoon, game? the last game? It could all come down to Sunday afternoon. It won't. To get Sid's rough pun up. <laughs> I got three out of five legs last week, which, as we discussed off air, is basically getting none out of one, as, none as, out of a thousand. Doesn't make I, any difference. As I said, mate, what did that pay? Three out of five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this week, if all fair, four legs get up, it's $17.81. Bet do, with Bluebet. You do get on it. Money for jam? Money for jam this week. I put a lot of effort into this. As Richie Benno said, money for old rope. Let's see how we go. If you want to have a rough punt, then listen to this bloke. Sit punt. Now, Andrew, um, the website has a Patreon Ours, that is. No, um, <laughs> uh, Rugby League Project has a Patreon. It is a fantastic source if you can help Andrew out by run it, keeping the place afloat, give him a couple of dollars a month. That would be very much appreciated. It is a fantastic resource that everybody uses. Please keep them afloat. Um, and also the podcast, mate, how many this week? Um, we've done one already. We're looking like we might do a few tonight, a few tomorrow night. A few know, tonight. <laughs> how, many, how many up to? All up. 218 or something. Wow, you're dominating um, us. Unbelievable. It's like Police Academy movies. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to plug before we send you off into the distance? Yeah, I want to support the uh, – let everyone know about the uh, full credit to the boys. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> well, if we get I've, learn... I've dipped in a few. I've dipped in a few. Bob we saw people, that so you like, did and we appreciate that. Thank you very much. If we can um, – Do as you... I do and, and give them some coin and, you know, because I've been a good bloke, you can dish, dish some my way as well. <laughs> Um, Very thoughtful of you. If we can uh, figure out how to upload a video, there will be a, a video on there um, probably tonight, if not tomorrow night. Yeah, we've we'll been trying. For all the Patreons. Plus, we're going to put out a punch out a couple of um, Origin uh, a companion podcasts at the yes. end of the year. So that'll be good. Uh, I think that's about it for this week, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Go the Tigers. <laughs> Please, just put us out of our misery. I don't, I don't even know what to say about rip, the Tigers anymore. Rip the scab off it. <laughs> exactly. Thank Good you one. very much, Andrew. Talk to you next week. See you, guys. See you, bud. He's a stat man. NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. All right, let's do this. Roll the sack, open the sack, empty the sack. The boys sack. Yeah, the boys sack mail and feedback time. First of all, thank you very much to the the Patreons, the patrons. Is that what they're called? Yeah, patrons, I uh, guess. Yeah, it was a bit overwhelming, to be honest, and we thought, oh... We thought we wouldn't get a start. But well, anyway, yeah, you mentioned it at the end of last week's episode. Because the people that have done that um, have donated, in the next couple of days, we're going to figure out how to put stuff up there that they'll be able to view. So only Patreons can you see some of the stuff that we're going to put up? Yes, we're going to put up some stuff that uh, we play at live shows. Uh, former legend stories that we have not been able to play. Uh, there's there's one grab a mirror that we absolutely could not put to air, but that's going on our Patreon yes, account. Wonderful to see how that's received. Uh, we'll probably get shut down. But anyway. um, and the other thing is, too, further down the track, there might be a special 
podcast or two. Yeah, a few for the, in the off season. But thank you very much for those of you who have signed up and become patrons. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Tell your friends, get them to the sign up as well. For the people that aren't patrons, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to stay the not. same. Um, the tipping comp is off, unfortunately. It went good, but yeah. uh, we decided to hand it, hand it in. In a shortened season, we, we've we had a review. We've and shortened We're going to shorten it back to when former was leading. <laughs> There's going to be a count back. I'm at about 110 out of 200. I might be about Sucks. 99. Um, Sucks hard. Anything uh, else? We do have some jerseys still available. Yeah, that's Go right. to... Uh, I'm wearing full... mine today. You are, actually. And it's very slimming. Yeah, I tell you. I feel like I'm down to about 120 kegs. Yeah, you don't look it. But anyway, it's still very slimming. Knocks off about 30 kilos on you. <laughs> Probably 135. But uh, go to com. grab a jersey if you want. I don't care. Uh, there's still membership packs available. But, uh, yeah, if you want to hear some uh, lurid content, some stuff we can't put on the podcast, become a patron. And we thank you to those guys who have already done that. And it's um, it reminds me of a story. Yeah. Um, oh, You're full I of stories. remember saying... Honey came in and she caught me red-handed. Creeping with the girl next door. Picture this. We were both butt naked. Banging on the bathroom floor. See you around. Good night. Yo, man. Yo. Open up, man. Yo, what do you want, man? My girl just caught me. You made her catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. <laughs> the girl next door, you know? I don't know what to do. Baby